Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, so I'm just looking uh, uh, the, the trivia book that we always use. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It, oh, is, yeah. it is an exhaustive trivia book, and I forgot uh, Matt Dale. Uh, beyond the the mere image, uh, for anyone who's listened to this, we reference this book a lot. I forgot like his entry for this episode. He filled the entry with a lot yeah. of weird tangents and weird messed up things. My favorite Which, is the Lothos call out. Like yes. that is quite spectacular. Yeah, buried in all the like. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, gibberish or whatever. But Lothos is the supercomputer in the alternate future where the evil Leaper comes from, which is like doesn't happen until like the, the last season or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But um, but in his yeah in, in the book, there's a part where it's just basically like you know hashtag percentage side you know just over and over and over, and then there's letters mixed in, and at one point it's like you know Lothos boot up or something like that, which is which is yeah. I had that question. Like, I don't. If we're recording, I don't want to... No, but right now, we do a lot of cold opens, mm-hmm. so it's fine, yeah. We do pretty chronological in the show, and I had that question midway yeah. through this episode of, like, is there, is there, like, his arch nemesis who also leaps, like, one leap behind him? I have a, I got some things. You got some questions? Yeah. All right. So, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and front load this, because some yeah. episodes we try to, we try to be good to not give any spoilers for future episodes... In case anybody who was watching it for the first time along with us, or they're coming back to it after a long time, I think it, it's safe to say we're probably not going to be adhering to that too well. No, in, I don't see why we should in, in this particular one. So, if you are uh, if you're watching Quantum Leap for the first time, I don't want any spoilers to future episodes. Uh, maybe maybe skip over this episode for a while because we're gonna right. We're yeah. actively telling you not to listen to us. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me on, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> don't listen to it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, please don't listen to us. Episode. So just to start off, uh, Kevin, what's the name of this episode? The Boogeyman. No, no, no! You're not supposed to say the, the recording is now completely. We're destroyed. Smoke we're will start screwed. coming from the microphone. Wait. No, it's well, fine. Why are we not supposed to say Boogeyman? So, twice. <laughs> so in Quantum Leap lore, you are not supposed to say the title of this episode. You're just simply supposed to call it the Halloween episode. Or the B-Man. Or the B-Man. Yeah. Or if you type it out, call it the B-Man or asterisk out some letters so that you don't fully type out the episode. Because the episode is supposedly cursed. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Um, urban legend has it that like people's VCRs did not record properly. Uh, that, at the, that at the original times, yes. That it, you know, um, that it didn't air in certain markets because of mix-ups or whatever. Some some failure at the at the uh, affiliate level. Yeah, airing airing the episode. That one of the um, houses that they used for location shooting was haunted and. All sorts of crazy stuff. You mean people were lucky enough to not see this episode? <laughs> <laughs> there was indeed a time when that was the case. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I know you, you're going to go through, because you've got a couple of things you do up top. Sure. But I guess, I... Yeah. Thanks for giving me a social issues episode <laughs> to jump in here with. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, witches got problems too, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, 
Well, everyone, welcome to another episode Hello, of Kids Wide Wheel. Uh, Dennis and I are joined by Kevin Lambert. Um, you don't mind that I said your last name, do you? No, I don't mind at all. All right, cool. Or as the French would say, Kevin Lambert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kevin and I go way back in so much as we knew each other a decade ago and haven't seen each other since. <laughs> it's very similar to you and Lawrence. It really is. It really is. A few is, episodes yeah. ago. Is this yeah. just a, a way for you to catch up with people? Pretty much. Life? At this okay. particular point, like, I've given into marriage and, you know, oncoming fatherhood to the degree that I'm just never going to leave the couch again. So I figure that the best way for me to connect with people from my past is to just have them on the show. <laughs> What happens when you run out of Quantum Leap episodes? Are you going to go back? And- I don't have that many friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to run out of friends before I run out of episodes. Just, you know, start inviting people back. Um, we are here today to talk about... I don't even know if I should say it now. No, let's just... To be respectful, because there are some fans who do really do really hold this pretty seriously. To, to, to this point, uh, so on the Blu-ray... This episode appears uh, on the same disc as The Leap Home. And so a few weeks ago, when I was getting ready to rewatch The Leap Home and prep for our podcast episode, I just took a, a, a cell picture of just like the Blu ray menu. And I posted it on our Facebook page. And, and one of our followers, uh, Hayden McQueenie, uh, he noted that the title of this episode was also on that same screen. He was like, no, no, you don't show it. Yeah. So we're not going to say The Boogeyman. Um. <laughs> <laughs> going, going forward, uh, no. uh, and I will say uh, we we kind of already touched on this episode before uh, because last fall um, we did have an episode drop on Halloween, on yeah. the actual Halloween date uh, episode for Kamikaze Kid. So we had a little fun. We actually talked about Kamikaze Kid, but there was some. Dennis did some post-production. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a little yeah, Halloween episode weirdness that dropped in. So if you're one of our newer listeners and you haven't caught up uh, as a companion piece to this episode, go back and, and listen to our coverage of Kamikaze Kid. Yeah, there's some there's some fun in there. Um, Dennis actually had had uh, thrown the idea out of going out of order and recording this episode then, then yeah. at that time. Um, but I, I think I think it served us better to to stick to our oh, yeah, chronological yeah, yeah. order here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this episode was directed by Joe Napolitano, um, who has directed many before and will direct some more. Uh, written by Chris Rupenthal. Apparently, after this, he became known as um, Rupen Boogie, I believe. Yes. On the yes. set. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the original air date was October the twenty sixth, nineteen ninety. Our leap date is October thirty first, nineteen sixty four. Sam has leapt into Joshua Ray, uh, a, a writer in the vein of H.P. Lovecraft, and they are in Coventry, Maine, um, and that's that's what that's I got. It. Yeah, TV Guide description. Sam, Scott Bakula, is cast into a horror novelist on Halloween when otherworldly incidents seem to give him a ghost of a chance to save his fiance before the stroke of midnight. Okay. Kevin, you have thoughts. <laughs> I how okay how how much can I jump around right now? Jump around yeah. all you want. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a Jacob's Ladder. Ep- I just ruined the whole <laughs> I could not have been more when that reveal happened. There's a couple reveals in this episode that I so I took some notes and I okay. call out a couple things before they happen, and I was a little. The Jacob's Ladder thing I did not see coming. Yeah. But I also was arms thrown up in the air. What is this nonsense? <laughs> okay, so for anyone not familiar with Jacob's Ladder, what? Oh, it's a movie 
um, oh god, it's a Tim Robbins movie. Basically, the whole thing is that the whole movie takes place in his mind. It's a series of flashbacks that happen as he's slowly dying. So, a majority of this episode takes place in Sam, Sam right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Also, not this is my first episode of Quantum Leap as a as a person. I'm so brain. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. We should have clarified that first. Yeah. You oh yeah. Never seen give, Quantum Leap before. I should give some first impressions that I had. Um. But yeah, the whole thing takes place in his mind, and it's very... Or does it? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, it takes place, it clearly takes place in his mind. If ever ever there was an episode where I wish we had a camera so that we could actually be filming the reactions on people's faces, this would be the one. Yeah. So I've never... I I feel like I saw Quantum Leap as a child. I'm going to go, before we get into the episode, I'm going to bring my spin to this. Yeah, sure. I guess. Uh, I, we, growing up, we didn't have cable, so we were subject to what was ever on, like, public TV. Mm-hmm. And, uh, was it Saturday nights? This is when Quantum Leap aired, or? Uh, at this point in time, it was probably airing on Friday, Friday nights. nights. Friday, yeah. Friday. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. This is, like, adult TGIF. Yes. For my parents. <laughs> so, we watched, I remember watching episodes of Quantum Leap and knowing what it was. Yeah. But not, so, Dennis and I were talking about this, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's like a half-hour comedy, right? Yes, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like he jumps in, he leaps into somebody. And sure. A screwball scenario could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, is the answer. This is like really? a real, mm-hmm. it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some quite heavy episodes, actually. Yeah. It's funny because, honestly, Dennis had told me that, and, and, and I could not help but imagine in my head what the sitcom version of Quantum mm-hmm. Leap would look like. You know, right down to the, to the Silly Thieves song, and I mean, it would just... I could totally see it working. I could, yeah, I could see yeah. it. Well, I don't know if I see it working, but I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of potential for hijinks. And so to bring it into the episode, like, immediately, he, like, leaps into this guy. Yeah. And my brain is like, how on earth does he navigate these situations where he just jumps into a body, has zero context around him as to what is going on, and he's kind mm-hmm. of not... Tell someone, hey, I'm technically traveling through time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, this is insane. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is that this is a fairly tame leap-in compared to others. Like, he's leapt in sometimes and, and been punched in the face right away. He's swinging he's, upside down on a trapeze. Yeah, you know. I mean, he's had some fairly dramatic leap-ins. It's interesting because the leap-in this time around, the big thing that we get in the last episode is he's stuck on it being 1879 or thinks that it's 1879. So he's freaking out because the, the project, the theory is is that he can only leap within his own lifetime. So the fact that he thinks that he's in 1879 is like a big deal. Uh, and then of course, once we get the longer leap in, in the actual episode, that literally has nothing to do with anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a spooky setup room that he's leapt into. Yeah. In his robe. Yeah. That robe. Yes. He's leaped into the Adder family <laughs> to seal a lie from yeah, the episode. Yeah, right. I, I was so perplexed because I, that... So I ended up... Dennis sent me a link, but through various reasons, I ended up purchasing this on Amazon. Okay. Okay. They had a thing beforehand that was like, hey, this is... Qu-, it was like a two-minute intro that I was like, is this the theme song? But it was like, this is Sam Beckett, and he signed up for this program, and he leaps through time, and, can, and they lay out the whole rules. Sure. Who he is, and I was like, is this in every episode? Just to be clear, was it a man or a woman's voice? Oh, man. 
You're asking the tough questions. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, to, 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 like, by this point, like the opening narration has settled into what most fans remember. Like when you watch the show in reruns now, the opening narration to this episode is like what you see all the time. There was one errant episode where they actually had a male narrator at the beginning. And so I'm wondering if there's weirdness on Amazon of, of, of somehow that's... Wonky. Yeah, showing the or the longer because there's an extended one as well with the the woman's voice that I that I do not like at all that I, I think is kind of terrible actually. Um, but the um, the shorter one, the tighter one, that is the one that they now use um, for the rest of the the series is, in my opinion, is much better and uh, is is a lot shorter, a lot tighter. But um, yeah, it sounds like you might have heard a different one, but but the gist of it is, yeah, that is before every single episode. Uh, yeah, every single episode starts yeah. with that. Yeah. Yes, and now, then they do a theme song on top of that. Yeah, yes. So you're trying to cover a lot of ground in an episode, and you've already lopped off a good three minutes. Well, not only that, but also the outros of the episode tend to be close to a minute long, which is basically the credits. With, you know, still images or sometimes, you know, moving images from that episode. Yeah. So you're, you're, yeah, you're right. I mean, basically these episodes tend to be about 40, 41 minutes with, you know, if you, if you take out all the extra stuff, it's just a quick 40 minute episode. Yeah. And that, I think that speaks to, at the time, the show was such a high concept show that they felt like they needed to explain it to you at the beginning. And it gets even crazier if you think about it, because when it got syndicated and when it was like put on USA and everything, they lopped out more of the episode for syndication. So they would cut like sometimes up to a minute of an episode, sometimes maybe even a little bit more, to fit it in to fit more commercials in in syndication. I don't know how you would do that. With... Yeah. There's so much that happens in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the episodes really do feel like mini-movies, especially mm-hmm. because they, they, not only is he leaping in time, but they do a lot of genre hopping as well. So, like, one episode, like, this is clearly, like, their supernatural kind of horror episode, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and then there's been other episodes where it's like, here's the mobster episode, here's the, uh, you know, the, the road noir episode, episode. in yeah. Arizona yeah. episode, <laughs> like you said about Maybe Baby, you know, yeah, the noir episode or whatever. And then there are, and then there are others that, that don't feel that way at all. Um, but I think that... Certainly, for the first couple of seasons, it was very, very much that, and then yes. they then they started to kind of get you know break out of that a little bit. I think, yeah, um, and it wasn't necessarily so much about the genres as it was about what situation can we put him in, mm-hmm. you know, what what can we wh- where can we throw him that will give us something new and fresh to talk about. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. So this was clearly their Halloween episode. Yes. It was their only Halloween episode that they did. Yeah. They didn't do a lot of, like, no. themed holiday kind of episodes. No. There, there was, like, one Christmas episode. Yes. And then there's this Halloween episode, yeah. and that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's two... I mean, yeah, there's one in the last season. It's technically a Christmas episode, as it takes place around Christmas, but the plot itself doesn't really have to do a lot with Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but there's one, like, their Christmas episode, it is very centered around the, the idea of Scrooge. Like, they, they Scrooge someone. <laughs> You're right, it's a verb. They scrooge yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they use that as a verb in that I've episode. I've been scrooged like they, a number of times. They, they, they scrooge him. Is Scott Bakula Tiny Tim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Al is. Um, Al, Al does appear as the ghost of Christmas Future in that episode, yes. Oh, I have some Al questions when he pops up in this episode. Oh, they, yeah. That's, that's what I want to get your input on, because... 
because the reveal at the end of the episode, when you go back and you when you watch it more than once, you see all of the great little things that Dean Stockwell drops in throughout the performance. Like if you watch it again and like you're familiar with the show, like there is something very subtly off about Al the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I definitely did not pick up. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. To me I was like, all right. These are the rules you're playing with. And then they all everything he did, I was like, Yeah, yeah, this is probably this sure. seems right. Yeah. But then when Al or not Al when um uh, Scott Bakula starts like jumping through the list of like you didn't do this yeah. and that and that and I was like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't see any of that. It's like when you watch the end of the Sixth Sense and oh, sure, I'm just spoiling like everything. everything. I mean, yeah. at this particular point, if somebody hasn't seen the Sixth Sense, then I don't really know yeah. what to say. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah, can it really be counted as a spoiler anymore? Uh, it's not like we're talking about like you know. Avengers Infinity War and even then at this point it's like it even th- uh, you know. yeah at this point like I, I want to share all of the fun memes oh yeah uh, have you seen have you seen all of the the memes <clears throat> of people disappearing I've seen yes. quite a few yeah. quite a few of them my favorite one that I saw yesterday was uh, a shot of Roseanne and Dan from oh, the reboot series sitting on the couch and then both <laughs> Uh, Why? What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, to jump into the episode, so Sam leaps in. Oh, that's yeah. a whole other episode. That's a whole, yeah. that's a whole other thing. Hey, I'm just throwing it out there. Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell have never said anything horribly racist. At least no. in public. Right. <laughs> at least, yeah. at yeah. least in public. At least in We're giving them that out. No, yeah, uh, yeah no, they, they've not. They've not. Neither one of them ever taken to Twitter and said something and then tried to say that it was because they were drunk on Ambien, which... Uh, yeah, I just go to sleep. I, yeah, exactly. I, I, I just, like, it's yeah. like, how are you tweeting? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Sam leaps in, and first uh, he's in a very creepy environment with that robe, that candle. Um, he has... Uh, he's holding the book Witchcraft in America, mm. uh, which, like, that book does not actually exist. Well, I'll be damned. Uh, the, clo- the closest one I could find is... Uh, a Modest Inquiry into the Nature of Witchcraft. I've heard of that, actually. Writ- written by John Hale, but it didn't come out until 2006. Okay. All right. So, so not, not part of this episode. No. no uh, part, he, yeah. he was clearly uh, aping on witchcraft in America? I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Sam goes exploring. He hears a weird noise up the stairs, opens the door, this weird thing, which we don't really get a good shot of before, before the opening credits, pops out. He goes tumbling downstairs. He's knocked out. And Opening credits. Hits his head. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I get angry 40 minutes from now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it, yeah. It's strange because I've seen the episode a number of times. Oh, yeah. So going back through and watching it again, um, there's... Especially because we've been you know, watching the episodes in order and going through, you know, we've gone through like, you know, two seasons worth of episodes in like six months or whatever. So I feel like uh, that's more than what you normally watch. You know, it's not like we're binging it in the same way that you might binge something else, but these days, but, uh, there is something that feels very off about the entire episode and it's not just Al. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to talk about. Yes. The end and what people think of the end. We get there, sure. Get there. Yeah. I'm yeah. so curious what the response to this episode is. 
Because this, to me, does not feel like... If I, if I in 1990, uh, sit at home on a Friday night, and I was like, ah, you know, I've heard some things from a coworker. Let me check out this Quantum Leap show. Yeah, this is sure. the episode I started with. Yeah. I would have immediately turned it off. And probably not watched I, I, I will. I, the only thing I can say in response to that is, for a long time, I tried to get into the X-Files. Mm-hmm. Because everybody tell me what a great show it was. I always caught the fluff episode after they wrapped up a major storyline. And I'm like, this is what... This show sucks. (laughs) Does this episode kind of come as a palate cleanser? The Uh, previous episode? The last one was a two-parter, right? uh, Not the last one. Uh, The the last two episodes were a bit more serious. This is definitely... Because some episodes are a bit more goofy and comedic. Some episodes are really serious. The last couple of episodes have been on the more serious side the two part episode at the beginning of the season was very serious so this is the first it's more uh, I would say it's like comedic but it's but the, it's off the wall but it's, it's, the, it's the first off the wall episode of this season it is yeah because I mean when you think about the Leap Home two-parter it's it's you know family drama myth arc you know, as far as Quantum Leap went into sort of myth-type episodes, you know, that those definitely fit in that in that line. And then you have an episode about an alcoholic priest, and then you have an episode about a model who's going to have a drug overdose. So it's it's our, you know, very special episode of Quantum Leap. Sure. <laughs> um, and then this, yeah, this is definitely very different from those. Yeah. But I will say, uh, as far... And I don't know, chime in if you're listening to this episode on our social media. I feel like this is... This is one of the like fan favorite episodes. Yes, that's actually. What, that's what I was going to say. As far yeah. as fandom goes, a lot of fans, they, whether or not they love the episode specifically, a lot of fans hold the episode in a certain degree of reverence because it is so unique. It is, yeah. Okay. Um, Ooh, I'm yeah. not one of those fans, to be honest with you. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, as a counterpoint, I am. <laughs> I, I don't think yeah. it's bad. I don't think sure. it's bad. I just, it's, it, it does not, it ultimately doesn't feel much like Quantum Leap to me. Okay. I think that's a great point, because yeah. it's, it's not bad storytelling, it's just, if you were to give me three episodes of this show to watch to get me hooked... No. Would this, this, right. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> I was no, thinking no, about that, actually. No, no, because like, the thing man, is, like, because, like, talking... For someone's first episode. Uh, because we were talking about this off mic beforehand. Uh, I've known Kevin for a number of years through the Chicago theater scene, but I just helped him recently buy a condo here in Chicago, and so we've been talking about the podcast and Quantum Leap through this. Mm-hmm. So I knew he had very limited knowledge of the show, and so we're talking about having a guest on the show, and I'm like, because uh, the last time we saw each other was like right after uh, your closing, mm-hmm. we went out and grabbed lunch, and then I was thinking like, oh, I don't know what episode I want to have a guest on, and then as soon as we parted ways, I was like, I know it, I know what episode I want to have a guest well, on. Well, it's just funny. Because I'm going to throw him a huge curveball. Because <laughs> also when we had Larry on for one strobe over the line, I kind of felt like when we got done, I was just sort of like, man... I feel bad. This is the episode yeah. that we had to saddle Larry with. Yeah. So, uh, Larry, oh, Larry, by the way, pills, pills. Yeah. Uh, so Larry's another podcaster that we had on last week. We found him through the podcasting world. Okay. And uh, so we had him on for an episode that he absolutely hated. Just, just okay. <laughs> which was his choice. In a lot yeah, of he actually, he yeah, he volunteered. To, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so here we go. So yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so that meant so. Uh, so we meet Stevie and, and we meet, meet Mary. Uh, Mary. Yeah. Um, so they, they they get him up and and, and he's okay. Stevie's got to go because he's still got to uh, peel the grapes for the bowl of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. How uh, weird is it that in a way there's a lot that this episode has in common with how the test was won. Specifically in the yes. use of Stevie, like Stevie yes. and Buddy could be the same character, which is funny they considering are. that they're both like kisses with history characters. Yes, yeah. So there's a first season episode where uh, Sam is a farm vet, and there's a there's a teenage kid who works for him, and 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 the running joke throughout the entire episode is that Sam can't figure out his name because they know each other, but Sam can't say what's your name. So he just keeps calling him Buddy. He, yeah, or, or Bud, or whatever. And like any time another character almost says the guy's name, he gets interrupted. And then in the end... He's playing the guitar. He's playing the guitar. Oh and, and so Sam is looking for the, like this little piggy that he's been taking care of thing. And throughout the entire episode... Uh, this kid is like he he's strumming the guitar and he's mm-hmm. like making up songs. You already see where this is going. I know. <laughs> yeah, he's making up songs. It's and, and so and so Sam's calling here, piggy, piggy suey, here, piggy suey, and and he starts going piggy suey, piggy suey, oh. and then like Sam and Al do a double take, and then Al's like, yeah, go ahead and try it, and Sam's like, hey buddy, yeah doc, watch try piggy suey. It might sound a little better, and the episode ends with. Buddy Holly improvising Peggy Sue yeah. and Sam Rapes. And, <laughs> and because that's what causes Sam to leap, one could argue that his entire mission on the leap was actually to give Buddy Holly the Peggy Sue line and not to, like, fix this marriage <laughs> the up the episode, with yeah. yeah, Yeah, like, the whole rest of the plot of the episode is nothing. What he was really there to do... He was just being a nice guy and fixed one problem. It's like, ah, yeah. I'm gonna, uh, Peggy Sue, you're gonna be yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he leaps out. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's the same thing with um, uh, 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 So Help Me God, where I argue that the whole point of that episode isn't necessarily just to, to get the the, um, the woman off Delilah, for murder, yeah. Delilah off for murder, but it's also to give her a reader so she, she can learn how to read. read yeah. Because he doesn't leap after he like gets her exonerated. It's not until he gives her the reader so she can learn how to read. Two weeks later, yeah. yeah. So it's, he has to, he's sent on a mission to essentially either to save somebody or to, like to do a good deed. Yes, yeah. Fix something wrong that went. Fix something wrong that went. Okay. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Put right. Put, put right. Which once went wrong? There you yes. Go. There we go. So in this episode, mm-hmm. to bring it back. Yes. He. How quickly does Al typically show up to be like, "Hey, here's what you you should be doing. Here's uh, what, a, a percent chance that this is what you should be doing." Honestly, whatever is most convenient to the plot. Yeah. Sometimes he shows up right away. Sometimes he doesn't show up for several minutes, giving Sam an opportunity to step in it in some way. Okay. And then Al shows up and then Al's like, no, 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 you weren't supposed to do that. And then Sam has to well, like, adjust. Leap, most of the episodes this season, actually, if you think about it, but in Leap of Faith, the one where he leaps into the priest, um, Al shows up, but he and Sam don't talk for a good, like, almost first quarter of the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, Sam's just kind of on his own. For the Leap Home Part 1, Sam, like, shows up, Sees his mom, goes to help his dad with chores, sees his sister, has dinner with the family, and then Al shows up. Like, so it, it's very arbitrary, and, and like Dennis said, it's usually just whatever's convenient to the plot. Yeah. But then in, in uh, Lee Poem Part 2, the, the, the Vietnam episode, he shows up pretty quickly after a few the minutes, yeah. credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So it's just so, yeah. yeah. It's no, okay. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so leap in, and, and so Stevie is, is is going off to to get last minute preparations, and they're staying out. We should note on the way out, we get uh, the only mirror image in the entire episode, right? And that's Chris Rupenthal, Chris Rupenthal, the writer, the writer, the writer of the episode. Yeah. That guy looks exactly like what you would expect a knockoff H.P. Lovecraft writer <laughs> to look like. That, uh, yeah. He, I was like, wow, all right. <laughs> that's fantastic casting. So nice yeah. to know yeah. that that's... He's a producer and writer on the show. Yeah. 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 And he wrote some of the more weird episodes. He wrote yeah. Glitter Rock, which is where the namesake of our podcast right. comes from. Okay. Yeah. That answers a question of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Fates White Wheel, uh, there's an episode... Uh, towards the end of this this season, third season, uh, Sam leaps into the lead singer of a very uh, Kiss-like cover band. Um, or not cover band, a Kiss-like like, rock band. Okay. Yeah. And one of their songs is Fate's Wide Wheel. And when we were kids, Sam and I loved the song, not realizing like the song... It's, it's not a good song. It was probably intentionally... Hey, now. Written. It was probably intentionally <laughs> written to be a bad song. Sure. But... We were kids, we loved it. Yeah, you don't know any better, you're kids. Yeah, yeah. so for a face wide world. So anyway, uh, it's go worth ahead. noting actually, because we were talking about this before we started recording, uh, Kevin said that one of the episodes of ours that he listened to was for Animal Frat, and Chris Rupenthal also wrote Animal Frat. Um, but his one of the episodes that he wrote is Good Morning Peoria, which is from the second season, which is actually, I, I would say, if if I were to give a fan three episodes, or not a fan, but someone who's never seen the show three episodes to help make them a fan, that might actually be one of the episodes I give them. Okay. Not because there's anything necessarily ridiculously special about it, it's just because it's good. It's a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of great interplay between Sam and the female lead who's played by uh, Patricia Richardson, who's the mom from Home Improvement. Yeah. Like, she's awesome in the episode. There's some, there's like some comedy, there's some drama, there's some, you know, there, there, there's some really good moments and, and uh, some fun Al stuff that happens too. So anyway. And you're some great news. I, I, I think that's. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so they're standing out there. So Sam is staring at the scarecrow. He makes uh, the thing about quantum leaping that leaves you. Oh, God. Like, we, we, we do kind of get into this trend of a few episodes where there's always a voiceover towards the beginning where Sam says, like, quantum leaping is like this or something. Luckily, that trend doesn't last Well, because long. for most of the, the first season and part of the second season, instead of there being the saga cell, which is the, you know, theorizing that one could travel through time, Dr. Sam Beckett, you know, that, okay. that thing. Before there was that, it was basically Scott Bakula as, you Sam. Know, as Sam kind of narrating... The you know, the yeah. beginning being like, this is, this is what I do, and this yeah. is what I did, and this is how I'm here, and yeah. Yeah. And I, this is a question that bothered me. Mm-hmm. So he, he leaps into this guy, has mm-hmm. zero clue what's going on, where he's at, why he's there. Why aren't more people confused about why he's so damn confused? Also, can we... <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I'm probably going to blow out a bunch of F-bombs. That's fine. We, That's fine. <laughs> we have the explicit tag on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, so say whatever the fuck you want. You're going to yeah. earn it um, today. Yeah. <laughs> like, but why, why are people more like, hey, you don't ever act like this, ever. I know he like hit his head in this one, and maybe sure. that's like the excuse. But yeah. I would be like, why are you... You walk differently. You're carrying yourself and your body differently. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, I'm going to throw you a curveball on that one, too. It's something that they never talk about in the series. Scott Bakula, ergo Sam Beckett, is left-handed. <laughs> and nobody's ever like, why are you now writing a note with your left hand? Yeah. When most of the people on this planet are right-handed? Yeah. The correct hand? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, 
there are a couple of episodes where that will get touched on, mm-hmm. where they where people do kind of notice, like, you're acting awfully strange, but it's usually a throwaway. It's more for, like, comic relief, you know, as opposed to it being anyone kind of like, there is something very strange yeah, about that you. never becomes, like, the crux of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, the closest I think we honestly ever get to that is when he leaps into a, a woman, and he's the mother of three children, and the youngest child doesn't see her mom anymore, but sees him instead. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, I know, yes. right? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also sees Al. Yeah, and she also sees Al. So they can convinced... less terrifying they... <laughs> than someone who's now acting like your mother in place of your mother. That's yeah. terrifying. And they yeah. convince her that they're like angels and they're there to stop something bad from happening. And she believes them because she's five. Yeah. And then later on, when she's 30 years old and she's deep in therapy... Funny you should say that. There's a a novel. There's a a follow-up novel that totally covers that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because, and this is old hat for for fans, but at the end of the episode, like, when they get ready to leap, it's one of those things where, like, Sam can sense he's about to leap, and Al and the little girl are playing. Like, he's, like, projecting dinosaurs from the hand link, and and they're playing. And Sam's like, we're about to go. And so Al says that they're leaving, but he's going to come back one day. Which is a horrible thing because Sam, because Al can't promise that, and so the novel touches on the fact like this little girl waited her entire childhood for Angel Al oh, to come back. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, yeah. so he can only go wherever Sam goes. Yes, right? yes. yeah. Because oh, he's tied God. to Sam's brainwaves. So the reason why Sam can see him and the reason why he can connect with Sam is because they're tied together. So he can't just appear anywhere he wants to. What was he thinking? Now we're way off into this. Was he thinking, like, I'll see you someday, like, when you get old enough where you reach the age that this project starts, and then I'll see you then, because I'll find you, because you'll be a fully grown person. Oh, man, that's kind of icky knowing Al. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right, because he's kind of a lecherous <laughs> fellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? no, we don't yeah. get much of that in this episode. Yeah. but uh, We don't get any of that, really. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, so, yeah, so we get the, the line about quantum leaping is a lot like a scarecrow. They, that is a great scarecrow. The pumpkin head? Yeah, that face is freaky, I'll admit it. That's... In case you didn't know, this was a Halloween episode. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Some well-carved face. Yeah. Uh, so we get this great line where uh, Sam was kind of zoned off in space, and Mary's like, oh, you're distracted. Yeah, you're worried about how to kill him, aren't you? And we get this great moment of confusion of, like, like kill kill Stevie? Like, no, no, no. And then it turns out she's talking about a novel in the, in the book. Or, yeah. Or a character in the, in the novel that mm-hmm. he's writing right now. Um... So yeah, they, they have a little discussion. They go into the kitchen. Uh, I love pointing this out. I think it always annoys Sam. The the kitchen, it's it's the kitchen that we see in every episode of Quantum Leap where they have a kitchen that like like set in an old house. It's the redress kitchen from the Leap Home. Is oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Just filmed from a different angle. Filmed from a different angle. They took the pantry, they moved that, they put something else behind yeah. it, like yeah. Uh, when you watch the show enough, you can just see like the sets that they reuse, no matter what time period that they end, they just redress them. Wait, is it though? Because I thought that the house that they used for this was actually a different house. Um, it may, have, but I know like the, the kitchen episode, it looked very much like the kitchen. The, the okay. kitchen looked very much like. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's Mary's house that was the the new house that they found because one because one of the house because because like, yes, again, yeah, yeah. The, you know, it's supposed to be the haunted house that they that they found that they used to shoot in. And oh, so you mean nine six six Salem? Yeah, exactly. Once yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, uh, I wish we so, had a camera. So anyway, uh, uh, so so the thing we get is they're they're having a, a spook house that's going to be hosting in that house, the Presbyterian the, Church. The Presbyterian Church, good catch, right. is is hosting the is hosting the the spook house. Uh, they do a little nod. They talk about the Salem witch trials. 
And as, of course a, they do. as a kitchen, they hear some banging, and it turns out Tully the handyman is, is upstairs working on the windows, and that's the noise, and Neri and Mary nudges Sam, Joshua, along to, to hurry him up a little bit. Yep. And this is where you go, and you see this guy's office. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it, but office should be in quotes. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a t- it's, I don't know it's pretty stereotypical of a writer a bunch of books and a typewriter sure I feel like if they had time there'd be like a smoldering cigarette and an ashtray too yes but, without a doubt uh, yeah, yeah but, oh Al still hasn't showed up he's Al's right. still not there at this point right? right okay yeah so then it's the old it's the old man working in like a not OSHA environment <laughs> yeah <No. laughs> yeah and they even get like as as Sam is getting his bearings the first time we hear Tully's voice we get a shot of the cat for just a split second we get this idea that maybe the cat's talking yeah well yeah it's like is this a Sabrina the Teenage Witch episode what, <laughs> yeah. what are you making me watch what is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah uh but one of Tully's first lines, it's one of my favorite lines, uh, them that dance with the devil are bound to get scorched. I love that line. And then he also says, and this ends up being a, like a hook of the entire episode, what's time to old scratch? Yesterday's tomorrow for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is where this episode starts to, like, because I'm still trying to suss out, like, I, what is this show? Like, what am I watching? It's a Halloween episode, so in my brain, I'm like, ah, it's going to be like haunting things, but yeah. this man is a supposed genius doctor. He'll figure out science and science his way out of this yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then a goat shows up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, one. so the goat shows up, tugs at the handkerchief tied to the ladder, and Tully takes a spill. Right under the rocks. Yeah. Breaks oh. his neck. Yeah. So Dead. Out. Yeah. Breaks his neck. And then we cut to uh, the aftermath, and, and the sheriff is there. And to me, this is the, the real first moment of the episode that feels unlike Quantum Leap. Because we've never had something like this happen before. Where someone, someone dies. Where somebody just, yeah. yeah, yeah, where somebody just kind of dies unceremoniously, and there's no, you know, at this point, there's no contact with Al. There's no, you know, there's no heads up that something like this is going to happen. There's no reason for it. Yeah. You know, there's no impetus. Well, the, thing than, is, it's just re- the thing is, like, I mean, like, I mean, the fact that, I mean, it, the fact that there is a goat just wandering around in the shark, that is weird. But just like, it's totally plausible that you, it, just you've over, not seen my backyard, Dennis. Oh, oh <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but just like the randomness of like, of yeah, you could totally see a freak accident happening like this, and I just to me, I was just so befuddled by this <laughs> that I was like, wait. I mean, clearly we saw the goat do it, so there's the whole thing being like. Is he going to show up and have to... His good deed is, like, find a goat that someone will slaughter because it killed a, an old man. I was like, what is happening? What is the point of this episode right yeah. now? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, then the, and then the fact that nobody nobody sees the goat, nobody believes that there was a goat. It's yeah. like, what is going on? Even the sheriff's like, there's not a farm for four miles or yeah. something like that. It's like, what the hell is going on? Like, why... Like, hey, why is there a goat? Why does no one else know there's a goat? Yeah. I saw a goat. Sam sure. saw a goat. There has to be a goat. Yeah. There's no goat. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> Sheriff Van Master shows up, played by Paul Link. It's important to note we have seen Paul Link on the show before. That's right, Lionel. He was Lionel, who turned out to be the bad guy in the episode Played Against Seymour, which was a uh, first season episode, which was kind of like Quantum Leap's hat tip to 
old film noir movies. Yeah, hard-boiled uh, detective kind of. Uh, yeah. Paul Inky was also, I remember him from uh, Chips, the old oh. 1970s TV series. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I, I quite enjoyed him. That's the thing. For as far out as this episode, like, is thematically and story-wise, the acting in it was all pretty grounded. Like, we're mm-hmm. all going to try to make this as real as this bizarre story of witches in Salem. Like, in yeah. Yeah. Go. He was, I thought he was quite, quite skilled in this. Mm-hmm. I want to also flip side that with, I don't know who taught that woman how to do a Boston accent. <laughs> I was, that was so weird, because uh, Betsy called it out. We were watching it last night. She's like, I love her accent. Like, it, like it, it's not... She's like, it's not authentic. Like, you can tell she's like, yeah, it wasn't... She didn't yeah. spend, like, four months living in New England. Like, yeah. really... No. I feel like uh, it's like that old SNL sketch where uh, Fred Armisen is making fun of... It's right after... Um, all of this is a tangent and unnecessary, but right after Argo came out, he was... Uh, <laughs> this whole podcast is a tangent. <laughs> uh, he was doing a parody movie of Argo where he was... Uh, oh, God, the irony president. It doesn't matter, but every time he would say a, an, a line in a Boston accent, he would have to start off by saying, park the car in Harvard Yard, and then he would say whatever his line was, and then he'd be like, yeah, in the movie, we'll cut around this. So it's just a bunch of Fred Armisen going, park the car in Harvard Yard. Park the car and have it yet. And they don't like <laughs> say a lot. And I feel like that's what this woman did. Her accent was distracting. Yeah. yeah well, it's interesting because so she's she's not American. So okay. uh, So I think that that was also an issue because I think that her natively she has a British dialect, and so when you compound the British dialect trying to have the you know sort of New England dialect on top of it, it's it's not easy. Huh. Yeah. So that actress is... Valerie, Valerie Mahaffey. Mahaffey, and she, apparently now she's a regular on Young Sheldon. Yes, that's right, she is. She plays like a teacher or something, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Miss Malcolm Yeah, 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 I mean, she's still working. She's done a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, she was uh, sort of a regular on Desperate Housewives for a time. And, oh, um, okay. You know, so she's, she's definitely had a career... Since uh, Quantum Leap, and even a little bit before Quantum Leap, I just feel um, a lot of contempt in your voice for her right now, Sam. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing: I didn't actually have that much of a problem with her. I thought that there were like some scenes where she was fine, but yeah, I mean, the accent definitely gets in the way, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and you could tell. And she even, I think, in in Matt's book, uh, in an interview, she said something about how uh, she she did the best she could with it, but she was never sure if she got there. You didn't, Valerie. You didn't. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say, in, in her defense, kind of, sort of. I've only watched a few episodes of NCIS New Orleans, but Scott Bakula is really spotty with his yeah. with his accent on that no, show. Man. Yeah, because because sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I saw, so I saw uh, uh, I don't care. I had, I'm just going to say this. I saw Southern Gothic over at Windy City Playhouse yesterday. Sure. Um, which is this great immersive theater piece uh, that they devised. And um, it, it, the title's a little bit of a misnomer because it doesn't really go Southern Gothic. It's definitely mm-hmm. Southern, but it's more like, you know, Southern soap opera as opposed to like a Gothic sort of thing. But anyway, uh, a couple of the actors were struggling a little bit with the, the Southern accent. And a couple of them went which is not a hard line to cross. You know, I think that some people, especially if you've not tried it before, would be like, really? They're two different things. But they went a little New England with it, you know? Because it's really not that hard to do, especially on certain words. Because it all comes from the same place. 
you know, I mean, initially it all comes from that, that same like sort of like 17th century English accent that we all had, you know, mm-hmm. in the colonies and, and it sprang out of that and just kind of went in different directions. Um, it's fascinating. I was actually listening to, uh, I think it was NPR and they were talking about kind of going over the overview of the differences between South Korea and North Korea and talking about how, because the divide in 60 years, even the divide has grown so strong that it's almost impossible for a North Korean to understand a South Korean and vice versa, because the dialect has changed so much just in 60 years that even though there's technically speaking the same language, they can't understand one another, which was fascinating to me. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So (laughs) thanks for joining us on the NPR recap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're talking about the goat, and then this is when Al appears for the first time, throwing out the idea that maybe it was somebody else's goat. (laughs) (laughs) Thing is, like I've lived with this episode for over you know twenty, twenty-seven, twenty-eight years. Yeah. So it's like, as I'm saying this out loud. Yeah, this whole talk about the goat is just weird. I mean, I want us to do a word count when we're done with this episode. How many times we say goat? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> like, punch it it's in. It's going to keep happening. It is. Yeah, there's no way to avoid uh, it. Pivotal goat moment. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is also a pivotal moment. I did not... If this was in Matt's book, I totally missed it. Uh, a pivotal moment in the in the show overall. This is the first yeah. appearance of the gummy bear hand link. Gummy bear hand link. I okay. love that hand link. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what it's called in fandom. The, the Is it? Handling. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah, like widely online when they talk about it on trivia pages. That's I've, I've, I've always heard it called the Lego handling. That, I mean, that's what I call it, and people call it the the gummy bear handling. Yeah. But it's the iPhone that he's got, right? Yes. yes. That's yeah. Okay. What I like because like older versions of it, uh, the one that we saw more, like most previously in the last episode, at first glance it looks more like an, an iPhone because like it has a weird like kind of shape at the top, but it's solid black. Okay. With, like, flashing lights on the top. And so what's funny is, like, when we had that version of the Hamlink, uh, one episode last season, we had someone on who had never seen the show before. It was her first episode. And she's watching it, and Al shows up, and he's got the Hamlink. And she's like, oh, yeah, he's got, like, an iPhone thing. Wait, what What year was this show <laughs> shot, yeah. shot in? Uh, but, yeah, so this is the the Gummy Bear Hamlink, the most famous version of the Hamlink among fans, which it looks like, uh, Sam pointed out, it's like more like a bunch of Legos just yeah. <laughs> smashed together. Uh, so this is the first appearance of that hand link, which is odd because the episode where that hand link is introduced, and it doesn't just appear in the episode where it's introduced. Like it's very deliberately introduced. Like old hand link dies, Al comes in with, and he introduces it as the new hand link. Yeah. Yeah. Be- well, because- so this episode takes place after. The Great Spontini. I don't believe that. I actually think that it's entirely possible that, you know, they were just testing this one out. Mm. I just have a hard time, because the thing is, is some television programs, it makes sense when they're aired out of production order. It's like, clearly this is yeah. not, they, they fucked up and they should have aired this. Like, like Firefly is a perfect example of that, because yeah. so much of that show was aired completely out of order, and it screwed the show on its first run. Oh, yeah. Uh, now on the DVDs, of course, it's put in the proper order. You can watch it in order and be like, oh, right, now this makes sense. Um, but Quantum Leap, I just never buy that. I just, I'm like, why, what's the point? Like, why, like, why would it matter? I don't know. And if it mattered that much, why wouldn't we rearrange the order? I mean, I'm just... As fans. I'm guessing, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, like, it aired out of order, just the fact that, like, this was the Halloween episode, so they had to drop it in, like, Halloween week. But anyway, so we get the the Gummy Bear handling. But back to the plot of the episode, it's weird because whenever Al talks, people can sense it. 
Yeah, because Mary senses him. Mary senses it later past. on, and yeah. this and this scene in particular, the sheriff senses it. I did not pick up on that. Oh no! There, in this scene, there's a very deliberate thing. Like Al says, "I'm going to go back and get some more information," and the sheriff very deliberately, like, like he looks around, like well, this is the yeah. note I wrote about Al. <clears throat> okay. Does that guy always wear a Steve Harvey suit? <laughs> I almost saw Steve Harvey get run over by a truck on, on Friday. It was awesome. So I so okay so Steve Harvey his show and everything is like filmed here in Chicago yeah. and so he he lives in Chicago and everything and I um I work in the Loop and I'm walking out of work and uh, I'm, I'm walking up State Street and there's a truck trying to back into an alley which is. Poor form on the truck driver's part, frankly, because that's a terrible idea. Sure. But as he's trying to back up into the alley, like, people are just crossing, 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 keep getting in his way. And finally, you know, you can tell the truck driver's just like, fuck it. And so he starts backing up. And I see this guy with, like, his head down, like, kind of, like, walking towards me and everything. And, and I'm like, dude, you know, and the guy next to me is like, sir. And so, like, both of us are like, hey, you know, he's going to get run over by this truck. Guy looks up, and I'm like, holy shit, that's Steve Harvey. And he, like, books it across the alley right before the truck clips him. And I was just like, and it took me a second. Like, it took me a second. I was just sort of like, is that? No, it's, yeah, it's that Steve Harvey, like, mustache and all. Like, it's just like, that is definitely so Steve Harvey. So you saved... Steve Harvey's life. Well, look, I don't want to. I, I don't want to say I'm glad about it, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I was uh, Betsy, my wife, has no love for Steve Harvey yeah. either, and it's it, and then it's all based on Family Feud, and it's like his his his. his you want Family Feud, the show, not a feud that Betsy's family. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's all Family Feud, the show. Like she just hates his like uh, his, his his fake wholesomeness. Yeah, like his like the over the top, like how he acts all offended when when someone says something a bit risque. She just yeah. Has Betsy read the memo he sent for his talk show? Uh we've talked about that memo. Uh, yes, that memo yeah. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Listener, just yeah. look up Steve Harvey memo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, Treat yourself. But I'm going to bring this around. Sam will appreciate this. You know who appeared on an episode of his previously where he was doing like a Q and A with audience members, like he was giving career advice. Who? who showed up in the audience and asked a career question? Leva Bates. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, who's an uh, old college classmate of mine. And Sam knows her through the wrestling world. Yes. Because she is a professional wrestler. She is indeed. Yeah, yeah she is indeed. I uh, uh, And Sam has a wrestling podcast. I do. I do. <laughs> I know. What the hell is my life? Um, and, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, actually, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, making no guarantees or whatever, but we're planning on having her on this show, which will be a hell of a lot of fun because there's an episode where Sam leaps into a wrestler. And so it's like, well, that just seems perfect. And she, I mean, verbally, she was like, yeah, I'll do it. So yeah. um, hopefully scheduled work. I, yeah, because I, I was at a show that she was at back in April and there was an after party and she and I were chatting for a bit and uh, even sent Dennis a selfie as they, we watched the snow. Like, we, it's, like, it's like the middle of April and it's snowing outside. And it's just sort of like, fuck this weather. Let's send Dennis a selfie. <laughs> no, yeah. It's sort of like, I, I follow her on social media, like, and I'm also like friends with her on Facebook. Like, she had like a, she has like a private, like, Facebook account that, that I'm not going to say what it is. But yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a very fun play on her name, but it's also a private thing so that, you know, weirdo fans can't, can't find her. Uh, so we've interacted a lot through there, but I haven't seen her in person in 16 years. Oh, wow. Ever since, like, we both left college. She, I mean, she remembered you when I mentioned you. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because, like, yeah, we... Right. Because it's on Facebook all the time, but yeah. Um, 
But anyway. But anyway. Uh, so this scene. Uh, but but I want to actually. You know ahead. what? I want to say something to what Kevin just said, honestly, and I think is just appropriate for the episode because anyone who's listening has seen the full episode. So the cat will be out of the proverbial bag. This cat. Mike. Al is. <laughs> I mean, Al is not Al uh, right now. You know, Al mm-hmm. is is the devil, and so. Uh, if you will, or Sam's imagination of the devil, um, which is interesting, but we'll get to that later. So, it, between the costume, the mannerisms, his speaking voice, like he, Dean Stockwell is doing a lot of little things, granted, but they are pronounced enough for someone who has been watching the show. But if you're a fan of the show, you know yeah. that you know that this that something's off. You know, and and uh, it's funny because considering if you look at the the uh, proximity to MIA, which is mm-hmm. the season two finale, where Al has to deal with his past within the course of Sam's leap, and there's something kind of off about Al for the bulk of that episode as well. So I think that if you're watching the show in order and had not seen this episode before, you you might not pick up on it necessarily, sure. but it's definitely there. Like this is not how Al normally is. Um, which I think does kind of get hinted at anyway at the end. If this is the only episode you've ever seen, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he does not usually wear Steve Harvey suits. Uh, yeah, which, I mean, <laughs> this is his style, but yeah. And it's also weird. He wears this outfit the entire episode. Yeah. Which happens occasionally, but not a Usually lot. there's a costume change for Al. Yeah. Well, I just, I mean, that, I, that didn't bother me, or that wasn't something that raised eyebrows, because the episode takes place over the course of, like, ten hours or sure. something like yeah. that. Sure, that's very true, yeah. yeah. So I was like, ah, wherever he's hanging out, it's still the same shift for Al. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Science camp. Yeah. Science. That's what yeah. it is, right? It's all, yeah, it's sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a solid experiment. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, but at the other scene, we do, we do find out the reason that Sam is there is that uh, that night, at midnight, Mary is going to be found... Strangled in the church spook house. Dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I wrote some notes about I don't understand Ziggy, but after <laughs> listening to your podcast, like Ziggy makes a little more sense. Ziggy's just an idiot computer. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then this is the next row. Eighteen minutes in, I'm so damn confused. Okay. <laughs> 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 Like well, this would be like, this is this is honestly the worst first episode I think you could show to somebody. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I knew Kevin I, could handle it, with the exception of maybe the series finale. Like, I feel like you could get away with showing somebody pretty much any other episode besides this one, and yeah. it would be like, okay, like I kind of get what this show's about. But yeah. this episode of like the series finale would be the just the two worst. It's like the fragments of what I knew or thought this show to be don't in any way aligned with what I've seen so far in this episode. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, well, I think it's this, but I don't know, you saw a goat, that's crazy. And then he's... I was like, aren't you there to help him? Don't you, like, know what's happening already? Uh, let's say I give an episode. Although, to be <laughs> fair, one of the things that I will say, you know, because Kevin brings up a great point, is that I feel like those times when Al does not have an answer for Sam, it is often much more frustrating for him than in this episode. In this episode, he is kind of like Kevin said, it's sort of like, meh, it could be this. Mm. We'll find out. I don't know. Whereas in other episodes where Al has not had the answers, it's been like, well, the reason why is because of this, and, you know, we're working as hard as we can, we're going to try to figure it out, and there's never one of those moments. Yeah. Like, there's kind of a moment where he does say something about, like, we'll get Ziggy working or something like that. Sure. But it's very low stakes compared to the way that he normally is. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to commercial, and when we come back, there's... Was it a Tide ad? Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Anyway. So they're in the house, they're on the staircase, and Al is kind of pitching a fit because, like, why didn't Ziggy pick up on Tully's death? Why didn't you get here in time to tell me about that? And yeah. then, like, to speak to your point, and, and like, Al's not freaking out. I was like, yeah, something, something just happened. Yeah. Uh, so Sam says, someone made a mistake and a man is dead. And Al just shifts gears like, you know what kind of snake that is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a Kobe Bryant snake. That's a black mamba. Yeah. <laughs> I love those self-appointed nicknames. No, not sports? Not yeah. sports? No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm aware, but, uh, yeah. Not guys that retired know, six but... or seven years ago? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. That's all I kept thinking when they're like, that's a black mum. And I was like, look at that Kobe Bryant snake. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's not actually in reality uh, a black mamba, which I guess makes sense, but yeah. Well, yeah, it would be like too dangerous to I shoot. Think, right? I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can imagine. I mean, they, they, they do de like, fang them on occasion, too, because I know there's like cobras that have been used in films where they like take out the venom glands sure. or whatever, but yeah. Whatever, screw that. I, I mean, even in Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, there's that moment, where, which actually, that's not the title of the film, let me correct myself, sure. it's just Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Uh, it has been rebranded, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, Sure, that's what Lucasfilm and Disney does. Um, but in Raiders of the Lost Ark, there is that moment where, like, Harrison Ford comes face-to-face with the Cobra, and if you watch really closely, even though, you know, it's like a multi-million dollar production, you can see the reflection of the cobra because there was a pane of glass between the two of them <laughs> oh, the thing. so, so the snake wouldn't actually be like in Harrison Ford's face uh, so it was funny last night speaking of which uh, after we watched uh, this episode Betsy and Isaac Palette Cleanser we threw on Raiders of the Lost Ark because uh, it's, it's oh, yeah, oh, it's, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, man I really shouldn't have said Boogeyman right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because, because because that movie is actually it's one of Betsy's favorite movies Yeah, and, and to speak to your point where we just said uh like the one special effect of uh, of his assistant in that very first scene who who betrays him, but then he gets like spiked on the way out. And yeah, like, it, the special effect by today's standards is so bad. Like the entire like his face and everything getting yeah. spiked, and watching it in what is essentially high definition now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would. I'm interested to to go back and watch that scene because I'm sure the pane of glass pops up. Probably Even more. Yeah, yeah. Unless they did some, you know, George Lucas hates the way he made movies originally, so I'm going to erase everything and make, you know, Han shoot second. I don't know. I would be okay know. with erasing the pain of the last reflection. I'm not okay with Han shooting second. No. Uh, That's right. Solo fixes that in some ways. I don't know if anyone's seen Solo. I really liked I'm not, it. I'm I, not yet. I, I have to be honest with you, when I first, when they first announced it, I was just sort of like, why? Like, why? Why this movie? I don't give a shit. And then I saw the trailer. Uh, during the Super Bowl, and I was like, "Damn it! Now I'm gonna go see it." <laughs> and uh, and so I went because it was just a couple days before my birthday. So Jess took me for my birthday, and uh, I ended up really liking it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there you have it. There we go. Uh, so as we're having this conversation, Mary uh, pops in, um, and uh, I can't. Go ahead. Yeah, this is like a weird thing because she catches him talking to Al. So yes, he's talking to no one, talking to himself. Yeah. So. I was watching this for the first time and not thinking that this is going to be like a witch's episode or the devil is going to show up. Not knowing any of that is in my future. <laughs> <laughs> like you start, you were a more innocent man. I was kind of to be that young and naive again. Uh, <laughs> she starts to, to get worried that 
her fiancé is got a screw loose. And so yes. then I'm starting to think that that episode is like, oh, the choking is like something weird happens and like they get into a, a scuffle and an accident happens and he sure. chokes or something. And I was like, oh, that's it. Like they get into a fight because she thinks that this oh. guy is crazy. There's already been one murder that he's the primary suspect for. Okay. Because a goat. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then this moment occurs where she's like, oh. And I was like, oh, what a great way. Because in almost every episode, there's probably a moment where he gets caught talking to no one. Sure, yeah. So, like, what a great way to use that to build dramatic suspense and suspicion in the supporting characters. You know, it's, it's interesting. That would have been great. It, it, yeah, it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting you say it because Jess did actually watch the episode with me. And at one point, um, you know, she was joking around because uh, I think she had similar feelings honestly about the episode she didn't dislike it but uh there were definitely times when she was just like what the hell's going on one of the things that she kept thinking is like well okay who who is the murderer and at one point she's like you know well it's got to be this person i joked at stevie i was like well clearly it's stevie he's killing them all (laughs) um but she actually at one point even said she was like what if it was sam and i was sort of like i mean that would actually be super interesting like not not what if it's joshua but what if it's Sam? Like, what if as a result of all the spookiness and hitting his head and all that sort of stuff, like, what if Sam is the one that commits the murder? You know? And it's just kind of like, God, that's that's great. And really the only time, actually not the only time, I guess it does get touched on a little bit during Trilogy even, too, but the only time we really get hints at Sam possibly doing something bad like that is Lee Harvey Oswald mm-hmm. and Trilogy. Because the rest of the, throughout the rest of the series, like, there's never any chance that he is going to do anything wrong, really. Like, we always, mm-hmm. you know, we always know that he's the hero. He's there to, sure, set right what wants are wrong. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like, oh, damn, you know, that's, I like that's, that. That's the thing. Oh, that's good. Then she was like, nah, it's the sheriff. It's the sheriff. The, the sheriff's sheriff. the killer. Yeah, they set him up. Yeah. So, so speaking <laughs> of the sheriff, uh, phone rings. Uh, sheriff says, hey, phone calls for you. And she comes down. I'll get it. And as she's coming down the stairs, she just stops dead still between Sam and Al because she senses something. Yeah. And then she keeps on walking. This is one of those like little moments that Dean Stockwell does. Just for a second, he gives an evil look after her, and then goes back. Yeah, to he he does. And it's you know it's funny because he had done um, he he does something similar. It might actually even be in the same moment. It's like after he he does it to her, he he gives Sam kind of a dirty look too. Uh, oh yeah. At one point, yeah, where he kind of looks at Sam like you know, like I'm I'm playing with this guy. You know, yeah. Just fucking with him. Yeah. It's a great, yeah, it's a great little moment. And I know it's coming up here. I think there may be in this moment, too. There are a couple moments in this episode where Al has some weirdness with his cigar. Oh, really? Like, he coughs a little bit. He just kind of looks like, like, he looks at it a little weird. Like, one time, like, he even looks at it with a little bit of disgust. Interesting. And that's another mm-hmm. subtle hint. To give you a point, because Al smokes cigars in almost every episode, and that was actually uh, Dean Stockwell's idea. That was his way to get free cigars for five years. What a genius man. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so from that, they, they go up to the office. Um, uh, and this is the, yeah, th- there is one moment in the scene where Al has some weirdness with the cigar. And this is when they notice uh, there has been some some text added to the paper. There's now a third right. paragraph. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, describing Tully's death. What is going on? What is going on? And then 
Mary had just been in the office opening the window, and, and so Al throws out the idea, maybe she did more. Then just open the window. There's... Yeah, there's just so much where you're like, what... There's only like five characters that have been introduced so far. And you start to put it together as a murder mystery because your brain says, this show theoretically takes place in a world very similar to ours. Right. Where it's not a world where witches exist, but like weird body jumping time travel does. <laughs> Fine. I'll believe that. But sure. witches and ghosts and goblins, no. But when these weird things start to happen, you're like, all right, use science and be like, ah, it's this person. So you start to like, we've only met like four people and one is already dead. Mm -hmm. So you're just kind of like, who could this possibly be? Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not that. It was not that at all. (laughs) I'm going to say something here that that you know some quantum leap fans might you know clutch their pearls at. But at the end of the day, Sam's not a very good scientist. Like the guy could absolutely build a time machine. Sure, I'll buy that. But MacGyver, who doesn't even have a college degree, is a better fucking scientist than Sam Beckett. <laughs> it's two like, different things. Like, yeah. No, no, I mean, seriously, though, like, he's supposed to be this, you know, physicist and, and, and doctor, medical doctor. Like, he's got all these degrees. He's super smart. And, and, and in the first season, you know, we see him during Starcross, like, writing out these complex mathematical equations on a chalkboard and everything, solving things in, like, three seconds. He's supposed to be a super genius, you know, the next Einstein, once in uh, ten generations. Brain and all this sort of stuff, but I'll be damned if there are that many times throughout the series when we actually literally see him being a scientist. <laughs> he seems more or less like a great improviser and like character actor. Like, oh, I'll just jump into this situation. I'm going to say yes and to everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yes. I'm not going to ask any questions. Yep. And then uh, you know, maybe I'm I'll get to level five and I can wear a plaid shirt. And I'm <laughs> be on a Friday night show. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be able to, like, you know, so that, that whoever I've left into has a wallet so I can figure out my address. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping I'll see a newspaper so I can figure out what day it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's not, he doesn't use a lot of science throughout no. the course of the show. He no. really doesn't. Yeah. And in this episode in particular, with the scene that's coming up, so basically after he sees the, um, the words of the typewriter. Yeah. The town gossip comes over. They're downstairs with her. They're hanging out. She offers to go get the pitcher of lemonade so that Mary doesn't have to. Goes into the kitchen. There's a scream. Turns out that the black mamba has bitten her. Sam's very pissed off at Al because Al didn't warn her about this. They go upstairs. There's another paragraph. Sure. He starts talking about how it could possibly be Mary. Calls her a demented psychopath. All of a sudden, Mary comes in. She's heard the whole conversation. She thinks that he's crazy. They get into a fight. All of a sudden, next thing you know, a skull comes flying across the room at Sam. And Sam, again, the scientist, immediately leaps to the fact that it could be psychokinesis. Yes. (laughs) These are the two successive notes I put in my phone. What the duck is this episode? Because I have an iPhone. Yeah, so autocorrect. And the second one is, epilepsy is akin to telekinesis? That's not science at all. That's no, bullshit. You know what? This thing, I'm not blaming Sam. I'm blaming, I'm blaming Chris Rupenthal. Who wrote this? Absolutely, episode. and I will, and I will, I will say. And again, remember, I, Sam fell and hit his head. I'm sure. And as much as I was, <laughs> as much as I was just railing a second ago, I will say that you know, oftentimes, as as speculative fiction goes, I'm not even going to say science fiction. 
there is often the idea that electrical impulses in the brain, you know, is what helps to awaken these sure parts of the brain that we don't use, which leads to telepathy, telekinesis, etc., etc. Seizures are brought on by electrical disruptions in the brain. So I can understand where, from a speculative fiction bent, I can get where, you know, point A to point B goes. Sure. That said, again, Sam the scientist, for the first place for him to go, also Sam the doctor, to put a belt in someone's mouth when they're having a seizure, it's like, no! Yeah. That is not what yeah. you do. My mom actually was an epileptic. Like, it's like, oh, okay. I, I had to deal with that shit when I was like eight years old. It's like, you don't do that, you know? And that's what so. I was because like, watching that last night, I meant to look it up before we, we started. Like, I don't know, if, was there ever a time where that was actually recommended? Because I know that there was a time that in, in pop culture and entertainment, like, I saw that happen. I saw this scene more than once, not just on this show. Like, this idea of someone's having a seizure, you put something in their mouth and yeah. keep them. But I, I don't, and you probably would know this, like, was there ever a time when something like that was actually, suppo- quote, supposed to happen? I don't know. I think so. I have a, a feeling, and this is all just, you know, supposition on my part, that that, that changed in, like, the 60s or the 70s. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something I, I never, I was never taught that. I, well, I guess that's not true. I can actually remember in school, you know, people saying that sort of thing. You know, back when I was like in grade school, yeah. so even in the mid-80s, there were people that thought that that was what you did. Yeah. So I guess it just entered popular consciousness. That was the same thing with like the Heimlich maneuver. Like you were talking about how that's not really what you're supposed to do. But mm-hmm. because it's so ingrained in our popular culture in a way, because mm-hmm. of its use in film and television. It's the same thing with like a woman's water breaking and then she has a baby. It's like, that's not really how it works. And I know, because I've been through a lot of classes lately. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that it's really happened. In Betsy's case, she was one of the rare cases where the first sign she was going into labor was her water broke. Yeah. Yeah, so it does happen. So to jump back, uh, to actually cover the scene with Dorothy Yeager, the town gossip. Uh, So yeah, kind of a soft spot in my heart here. Uh, The actor who plays Dorothy Yeager is Fran Ryan. She actually passed away, I think, in 1997. So she passed away a few years after this episode. Uh, But she bears a very strong resemblance to my 7th grade English teacher, Mrs. Pringle. Mrs. Pringle. Yes, and Mrs. Pringle and I bonded over the fact that we were both huge Quantum Leap fans. That's beautiful. Oh, boy. So much so that uh, this episode was on the air when I was in sixth grade. I saved all these episodes on VHS. The next year, in seventh grade, when I had Mrs. Pringle for English class, I talked her into letting me bring this episode in. And so on Halloween, in Mrs. Pringle's seventh grade English class... Me and Mrs. Pringle enjoyed this episode of Quantum Leap while the rest of my classmates were going, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. I empathize with those classmates. You know, that's almost, almost as bad as the time that I brought in the Quantum Leap soundtrack and sang along to Imagine in front of my creative writing class. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Oh, I was... Holy uh, shit, yeah. you guys, come on. I, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, if I lived in today's day and age, I would be cyberbullied, it would be awful, it would be sad, empathetic, and really, at the end of the day, I'd only have myself to play. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, cyberbullying is a terrible problem, it should not happen to anyone, no matter what, even if they sing along to 
So this Probably. is... Oh my god, they really do look alike. This Mrs. is Pringle. Mrs. Pringle. Wow. Uh, this, this is on Facebook. I've never Facebook friended her because I know we have huge political differences. Ah. And I don't want to ruin it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. The yeah. memory yeah. of a teacher who loves Quantum Leap. I just want to leave it. Yeah. That I should do. remain as pure as a glass menagerie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nice you know, I, just to just to say, not not because I want to correct Dennis, but because I want to make sure that we've got the right information here. But she actually, Fran Ryan passed away in January of two thousand. Yeah. She stopped acting in nineteen ninety three. That is correct. That is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just my notes here. Yeah, yeah right there it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, so uh, so she's dead. Yeah. An interesting thing about the scene is they do kind of set up this thing that maybe the sheriff has something against Josh because apparently at one point in time they mm-hmm. were both. They were both fighting over Mary, and there was a lot of amos- animosity. And she has the great line of, like, I think the best man won. Yeah, no, I saw the mirror image. The best man didn't win that. The <laughs> sheriff is a much better man than Joshua. Sheriff's got a, a beard. <laughs> okay, okay. She was, she was Joshua. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But he had one of those, like, re- I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to besmirch that man. Cause he... It's funny, you know, because in a way, like, the mirror image, so Chris Rupenthal really is what we can say, Almost looks like a more. You could imagine him at one time having been a more handsome version of Chris Elliott. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm with you on this. Clearly, I think we can say Chris Elliott is probably the more talented of the two because if you look at the episodes that Chris Rupenthal has written, God, I am terrible. Anyone in the fandom, including anyone involved with the show, is going to fucking hate me. Yeah, Rupenthal you are. Just like, you are salty today. Man, I'm telling you though. I'm look, you are... looking at the episodes that he wrote. It's just kind of like that one was good. That one wasn't. That one was good. That one was really good. Okay. That one wasn't. So one so wasn't. so good morning, so Peoria. Good morning Peoria. One of our favorites. We got Animal Frat. Um, great, great episode. Well, great it's a solid episode. It is a solid episode. You're right. It's a social uh, issues issues one because I listened sure. to it. Yeah, it does have those moments. That's true, and there's some good good mythology sort of stuff in there. Um, and then I would probably argue that the only other episode that he wrote that was worth a damn would be Freedom, because after that, which mm. Freedom is a great episode, mm. because after well, I guess Hurricanes all right. Hurricanes a good one. So so he wrote Good Morning Peoria, Animal Frat, and Freedom. So he started off well. Yeah. Then he wrote One Strobe Over the Line, The Boogeyman. Glitter Rock, Hurricane, The Last Gunfighter, Roberto, and Curse of Tahotep. Those last three are probably, most fans would agree, three of the worst episodes of the entire show. Curse of Tahotep, The Last Gunfighter, and, and Roberto. And Roberto. I'm really interested to get to those because they are so off. Yeah, those three episodes are so off the wall. I like the Curse of Tahotep. <sighs> Uh, just just I mean, for its weirdness, uh, but yeah, those are, those are. I'm really interested to get to the last gunfighter because I don't think it's a bad episode. I just think it's a boring episode. Yeah, well, but I mean, isn't that in a way a bad episode? Right. See, because this is an interesting premise. No, even if it's bad, that means like you went for something, like you went over the top, you tried something, and you failed. I see. And, I don't know, it's been many, many years since I've watched The Last Gunfighter. It'll be interesting to get to that episode, because I just remember it being just a very boring episode. The difficult thing for me when it comes to criticizing Quantum Leap is that I would say that 99% of the time, I mean, pretty much 100% of the time, really, I cannot think of an episode where he's not, is that Scott Bakula is always so damn good mm-hmm. that even, like, he can, you know, he can make 
chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know what I mean? Mm, like sure. he, he, like nine times out of ten, he's really just so damn good that he can elevate the material, and that is difficult. You know, mm. as as three guys who have all spent some time on stage can attest to. Yeah, that is hard to do. Yeah, um, and so I, I, I think it gets difficult for me to criticize episodes, but when I think like of overall feelings and stuff, it's just kind of like those three episodes leave me with bad feelings. This episode's not that great. Like hurricanes. All right. Sure. And I got a soft spot for glitter rock, but for sure. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm a terrible human being and I shouldn't criticize Chris Rupenthal because he helped produce and write one of my favorite television programs of all time. My sincerest apologies, Chris. And, and he wrote, and he, and he wrote, he wrote Fates by Wheel, our namesake. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, so uh, yes, so uh, Dorothy goes into the kitchen to get herself some apple cider. Um, Sam throws out the idea of canceling the spook house because it doesn't seem right with Tully's death, and that's when we hear blood curling scream. So if the spook house is canceled, she can't get choked out at the spook house. Yeah, boom, he's done. On to the next body. Sure. That, that's what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. I will say, just to interject real quick, that in past leaps, there have been things where he has prevented things from happening how they were supposed to normally happen, but then it's sort of like, no, she still dies because of this. Okay. So, you're not wrong in assuming that, oh, he well, fixed what he's going to leap out, but we've seen prior episodes where he's kind of avoided the first hit, and now all of a sudden, you know... Fate is kind of screwing. She doesn't die. Leg. She doesn't die now. Now she dies later. Right. Yeah. And so we still got to stick around to save her. Got it. Yeah. So anyway, so Dorothy's dead. Long live the witch. I mean, sure. Right? Because huh? Dorothy kills the Wizard of Oz. Ah, very good, very good. And now the witch kills Dorothy because it's the witches. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that theory's about as thin as this episode. Hey, oh, 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 wow. Uh, so, so they, so they run in. Uh, Sam feels her pulse. She's dead. He notices a matchstick laying on the ground. He goes to reach for it, and that's when Kobe Bryant appears. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes, and, but who, who put the snake there in the first place? Um, wasn't it Mary was just in the kitchen like moments prior sure she was yeah. indeed absolutely she's prime suspect yeah and so uh, Sam starts going after the snake with the broom runs out he runs out into the into the other room Al is there said hey went down there like points out like, a, kind of like a, almost like a, like a air vent like mm-hmm. a grate or something went down there disappeared and this one Sam like throws a fit like tears a part if you have to I want to know who put that snake in the kitchen yeah I wrote down this episode should be called Blame Ziggy. I also didn't know Ziggy was a computer yet. I sure. only found that out later when I started listening to your podcast. And I was like, fucking Ziggy should be fired for this. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the one thing they don't cover on the saga cell is who Ziggy is. That's true. Yeah. Anyway. A parallel hybrid computer. Parallel because apparently she can see into multiple timelines. Hybrid because she's not entirely a computer. She also has, as we find out in one of the novels, some of actual, which I'm not sure how I feel about this fan wankiness of the novel, but apparently she actually has some of Sam's gray matter incorporated into uh, her. Um, So it's like she's literally part Part Sam's brain. 
it so is that's, interesting. That's ziggy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say it's. I think it's in the the same book. Uh, even going into further fan wankiness, as they explain, like that the the tuft of white hair mm-hmm. of Scott Bakula, they explain that that came from the brain tissue that they took from. Because at one point there's like a mole, <laughs> there's a mole in the project, okay, and so they're oh, they're geez. trying to kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so so as they're trying to like you know get the project off track and everything. At one point, Sam has basically testified before a top secret Senate committee about how you know we have to do this; it's the right thing to do. So this double agent or whatever, if you will, assaults Sam in a parking lot and hits him with the butt of a gun, cracks Sam's skull. While they're trying to repair him, they end up like one of the doctors, and it's the way it's explained in the book is it's like, you know, like he just felt like it was the right thing to do, preserves some of Sam's brain tissue that they had to like scrape out in order to repair it or whatever, I don't know. And so in addition to not only having some of his brain tissue now, which they use for Ziggy, he has this shock of white hair growing out of where he was initially hit with the butt of a gun. Guys, that's it for me. I got that's just too much. That's just too goddamn much. No, that's not too much. We got more to go. Uh, so we get to this next scene where they're they're on the staircase again, where uh, Al suspects Mary and is trying to uh, to get Sam to come around. Yeah. Idea. So speaking of Sam being a scientist, Al is throwing out like you're a scientist. You have to explore all possibilities. Uh, so they make their way up to the office, and then we discover again we have some new text on the page describing. Dorothy's death, mm-hmm. and then the whole epileptic thing with the yeah, skull so flying yeah, across. So yeah, so she comes in, confronts him. She starts freaking out. The skull starts shaking. Flies across the room, and then they take Mary to the hospital. Yep. Yeah. Once again, if she's in a hospital overnight, right, she can't get choked out and die. Sam should be good to go. Right. Yeah. No, is the answer to that question? Yeah. No, that That's is right. not true. No. Which. Again, because we have already flashed forward a bit, in the overall context of the whole episode makes sense, because clearly he's not there to save Mary. Like, right now, he's either just in his head, dreaming all of this shit, or the devil is fucking with him, and so it doesn't really matter, you know? Mm -hmm. We're gonna, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, yeah, she's in the hospital. Yeah. Al has then Al in quotes has given Sam the piece of information about how he should go to nine six six Salem Drive, Salem Avenue. Avenue. Yes. Okay. Yeah, to get some to get some mm. further clues uh, to see to get if Mary may have a motive for killing people or maybe to get an idea of who may want to to do her harm. Yeah. Uh, so they make their way over to 966 Salem Avenue. And this is where I noted, uh, Betsy and I talked about a little bit last night, the, the Halloween decorations throughout this episode, like the like the little cardboard things, they don't seem timely. Mm-mm. They seem very 80s, yeah. 90s. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, because, you know what, this is the most random fucking tangent ever, but where my brain went in order to kind of help verify that in my mind yeah. was that Clint Eastwood movie, A Perfect World, with Kevin Costner, where he kidnaps a little kid and goes on a road trip, and he's like an ex-convict, or not even an ex-convict, he's an escaped convict, mm-hmm. and like uh, Clint Eastwood plays the sheriff who's trying to find him, but he also directed the movie. Okay. It's actually a damn good movie, it's very underrated in my opinion. Okay. Anyway... It takes place around, like, Halloween, and the kid who's a Jehovah's Witness is not allowed to celebrate Halloween, but he's always wanted to celebrate Halloween, so Kevin Costner at one point, because he's, you know, the convict with a heart of gold, ends up buying him a Casper the Ghost 
costume, which the kid then wears for the rest of the movie. <laughs> As I'm saying this, it sounds so fucking ridiculous. Anyway, um, uh, well, they're in the store. There are a lot of, like, contemporaneous for, like, because it takes place in 1960-something, um, prior sure. to this episode, but, uh, are definitely not what we're seeing in this episode. No. 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 But if I'm going to, uh, if I can justify this with fan wank, if this all is in Sam's head, mm-hmm. he's seeing modern day decorations because that's what, that's he, what he's familiar with. That's what he's familiar with. Yeah. Sure, not because it was cheap and available for whoever was, uh, Doing the the art design on the set, sure. Okay, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. All right. But actually, I do want to throw out this episode was nominated for an Emmy. No, for <laughs> for outstanding art direction. That's bullshit, right? <laughs> no. Cam- Cameron Bernie and Robert L. Uh, Zillow. Well, we should uh, also yeah. note, by the way, that in addition to it being nominated for an Emmy, that in the scene in Joshua's office, one of the Emmys that the show won is actually in the background on a shelf. If you go back and watch, you can see the Emmy on the shelf oh, in the background. That's awesome. I will go yeah. back and watch because I'm I sure own this episode <laughs> on Amazon. Uh, you didn't have a Hulu or like access to the NBC app? Like you had to buy it? Like I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna, like, yeah, because I... Into yeah, anyway, anyway, uh, I'll leap into that later. Yeah. Ooh, ah, yeah. Ah. So as Al crosses the, thresh, crosses the threshold <laughs> at the 966 Salem Avenue, the nine, the nine flips and turns into 666. This is what I wrote. Okay. <laughs> nine six six Salem. The the nine falls down. This was time stamped twenty four minutes and four seconds into the episode. Mm-hmm. Calling it right now. And by the time I finished typing that, it had Al had crossed and it had fallen down. Like it was so fast that them showing it like nine six six. That's and then the whole thing just like fell down. Yeah. Like, yeah. You didn't even let that one live for a second, did you? <laughs> <laughs> so two things about this is that Sam does have a funny line there where he says, "Women in holograms first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, and then Al walks in, and as again as he crosses, that's when the number flips upside down, which is another one of those subtle hints that mm-hmm. something is amiss about Al. So there you have it. Yeah. So he's uh, digging around here for uh, for some clues, and, and Al has some some lines where like he's he's throwing out the idea that you know Mary is probably the killer. Uh, Tully and Dorothy were a couple of field experiments. She probably has a broomstick hiding somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Sam finds a church bulletin. Turns out that both Mary, Dorothy, and Tully, I think yep. they were mm-hmm. all deacons in the church. Who would want to kill some deacons? How about a schizophrenic horror novelist? That and Sheriff Ben shows up. I was conf- I was like, what a weird twist that they're all deacons in the church. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't. All right, so we're just killing people that that are really volunteering at a church now. I'm, okay, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's weird to me too that Mary, like, I, I'll buy you know, I'll buy Dorothy, I'll buy Tully, but Mary is a church deacon. Just I'm like, really? Well, then also like I don't. Uh, because it crossed my mind watching it last night. Like, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, mm-hmm. and only men mm-hmm. could be deacons in, in, in the Southern well, Baptist church. This is church the Northeast. I was growing up. But this is the Northeast. people live. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, mean, but also, I grew up in North Carolina. Yeah. I'm totally but kidding. But, like, like, I don't. I mean, I'm sure, like, Presbyterian church, different denomination. Yeah. I was trying to count for that, but also the fact it was the 60s. Like, was it realistic for them to be, for there to be women deacons? 
I just thought it was like a weird MacGuffin of like trying to tie it together. Which as yeah. as the episode goes on, it's like that you wasted a good twenty seconds just to you wasted probably a good four hours to shoot that line and twenty seconds of actual screen time. Mm-hmm. Just to put it in there, yeah. Which because it does feel it does feel like it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's the other thing about the episode, and much about Jacob's Ladder type episodes, if you will, <laughs> uh, is that it ends up rendering so much of whatever has come before the revelation completely inert. Like it no longer matters at all what happened, and. In some cases, it can, because it means that the character has learned something about themselves through their journey, a la Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, you know? Mm-hmm. It can mean that, you know, some sort of perspective has changed for them, something like that. They've learned a lesson from this, you know, journey into their own mind. But in this, that's not what happens. So it renders so much of the episode, it's just the whole episode, basically, is the MacGuffin. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you can't, like... That doesn't work. It really frustrates the viewer who puts time and effort and thought into <laughs> why things are the way they who are. Who puts time, effort, and two ninety nine on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Sheriff Masters shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some... Some matchstick conversation. Some matchstick conversation. Al notices a, a weird tattoo on the Sheriff's arm. It looks, like, it looks at first glance like a pentagram. Al keeps pointing out to Sam and then Sam points it out. It turns out... Go ahead. Well, here's something, too, though. This is the only moment, as far as I'm concerned, where we get a moment with not Al that feels very much like Al. And yes. I question whether or not that was the right thing to do. Because what ends up happening is is that Sheriff Masters is basically like, well, you know, I, I was getting an Air Force tattoo when I was drunk, and that'd be damned embarrassing for a Navy officer. And Sam is like, he's right. And it's, or Al, rather, is like, he's right. And it's just sort of like, yeah, that's something Al would say. That's a very, Why yeah. the fuck would not Al say that? That's a good point. I know. That's a very, <laughs> yeah. Because it's not, it's not touched on this episode, but Al is a retired admiral. Okay. Yeah. Former that's where the Al in the name comes from? Admiral? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes! Nailed it. You guys, I'm on fire right now. Nailed <laughs> it. Nailed it. Um, so anyway, yeah, like this, this scene ends where, you know, they, they suggest that they both get lawyers. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Uh, and yeah. then they jump to the hospital, right? Uh, yeah, the nice. hospital. They, they kind of do a fake out where they make you think something scary is about to happen the way they shoot it. Like with, with Sam walking in, you just see his feet and turning on the light. And then they... You know, they just have like a little touch of conversation, and like they're holding out for like after they get married and their 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 honeymoon in the Bahamas. Okay, I got some stuff here. Right. Yeah. So he she has something where she's like, "Can we do a six month honeymoon?" I think she says six month honeymoon in the Bahamas, something like that. And he's totally like, "Yeah, absolutely, yeah." Are there ever repercussions to the bullshit that he promises people? To get out of this... Who... What writer's like, yeah, 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 six-month honeymoon, yeah. I write third-rate H.P. Lovecraft stories. He can't afford a six-month honeymoon. <laughs> so here's... He can barely afford a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> so here's, here's what I will say to that. That is absolutely a running theme of our podcast, is that we bring up the fact what happens after, because we don't... There, there are 
maybe three or four exceptions in the entire series of 96 episodes where we ever really truly find out. Now, there are times when Al will say at the end of an episode, oh, so-and-so goes on to do this, this, and that, or whatever. But as far as the repercussions for something that Sam specifically says, that rarely happens. Now, the theory, which isn't as much a theory as it is, it's almost confirmed within the show itself, is that when the person that Sam has been leaps back in, because this thing happens where Sam's brain gets Swiss cheesed every time he leaps, so the idea is, is that he doesn't remember everything, and, and so he doesn't remember, like in his very first leap, he doesn't remember who he is, he doesn't know who Al is, he doesn't remember anything about the project, the only thing he realizes is that he is somewhere, some when, when he should not be. And that's all that he knows. As he leaps, like, there are certain things that get filled in, but then every once in a while he won't remember something, you know, that, that happened like four or five episodes ago that Al will have to remind him of or whatever. So the, the thing that's kind of positive is that when the person leaps back in, as they kind of, like, cross, certain things that Sam experienced while he was there kind of fill in with them. So they kind of remember as though they were there for when Sam was there. Now, whether or not that means that Joshua was actually going to take her on a six-month honeymoon, who knows? I, I would immediately be like, no, there's no way we can do a six-month honeymoon. Well, I, like, can't I can't believe I would ever say that. I like to think what happens is about 20 years later, when Stephen King is blitzed out of his mind on cocaine, he comes back and he's like, Josh, dude, here's like a million dollars. Thanks for all the ideas. Peace out. <laughs> How fucking angry my face is right now! Because <laughs> we're getting up to that moment. Okay, yes. all right, that yes. moment where I, yeah, oh man. And then he also says this great line. I really hope that this is forever and ever. Scott Bakula's memoirs. <laughs> Cross my heart and hope to limbo. limbo. Yeah, is, to the Bahamas. To the Bahamas. Is that the title of his memoirs? It, it should. It be. really should be. That is such a great title. Yeah, something. Yeah, cross my heart and hope to limbo. Yeah, he's he's afraid to say die. I guess because everybody. Like, well, she's because she could potentially die. Yeah, yeah. Two people are already dead. Yeah. Here we I, go. It's so unlike. Again, it's just so unlike anything else that we've ever encountered up to this point. Yeah, probably. yeah. Like, Not that we haven't had episodes where people die or get hurt. Like obviously, Honeymoon Express is a good example of that. But it it always seems to be with purpose. Yeah. You know, like we're building to something and these just seem so inconsequential. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Absolutely. And especially by the end of the episode. Yeah. So, uh, so we get a shot of, uh, Sam driving back to his house. He has a voiceover, you know, saying like, basically like he, he doesn't know what's, what's going on. Quantum leaps a yeah. lot like driving a car. A car yeah. <laughs> uh, the, 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 Sometimes the, it's yeah. first. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's a killer out there possibly a killer with a badge. And with that, headlights come on behind him. Uh, we get shot. It's very clear the sheriff's truck that's that's behind him. Um, and then the cat pounces up from the mm-hmm. back seat. Uh, the sheriff veers off. Veers off. Sam gets distracted for a moment. When he looks back, there's the goat. There's a goat, and then there's uh, Stevie as a as, as, as yeah, dressed up as a scarecrow, yeah. And so he 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 veers off, he crashes. Stevie helps him out of the car, uh, and and he says, and this is a yeah. thirty one minutes and twenty eight seconds into the episode, <laughs> because it's like the car had a mind of its own, like it was Christine. And as soon as he said that, I wrote, "Duck this! That kid's supposed to be Stephen King." <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
that I think enrages me more than the fact that it's like a Jacob's Ladder that the whole episode is pretty much for nothing the fact that it's like and this is gonna be somebody famous that you'll meet someday that makes me so upset especially as this episode ends if I were Stephen King I would be like the fuck are you doing well funny note go ahead I was just gonna say so this is They've done this before. It's kind of a bit of a running gag. Uh, we've had Michael Jackson. We've had Sylvester Stallone. We've had like these others that we had. Buddy Holly, obviously, yeah. as we mentioned, amongst others. Uh, Stephen King. They actually reached out to him and were like, "Is it cool if we do this?" And like, "Yeah, why not?" So it had his blessing. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times they did not. Like they tried know, to do an episode that somehow involved Madonna. Madonna she yeah, said no. she said no. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes they didn't even ask. Like, they didn't ask with Stallone. I'm pretty sure they didn't ask with Michael Jackson. Well, no, I, I think, like, as it was described in, like, Matt Dale's book, like, they did it in this case because it was a huge plot point. Whereas in the previous episode, he he throws, he talks to someone who he doesn't realize is Sylvester Stallone, and he gives Sylvester Stallone the idea of the punch in the meat scene in Rocky. And then after he walks away, he sees... Like the, the locker, name on the locker, yeah. and it says S. Stallone, and he's like, "Oh!" And it's like a throwaway moment before they get back into the actual like plot of the episode. Yeah, it's so damn annoying. <laughs> and this episode ends, and he's like, "I just gave Stephen King six good ideas." <laughs> well, and then he's gone, and then he like zips away into another body. Uh-huh. I was not happy about that. I was not happy when they're like, "Oh, bye, Mrs. King." Stephen King, and he leaps. Get out of here. But before we get there, uh, Stevie confirms that he did not see a goat. Mm-hmm. Sam brings up the cat, and he said, and, and, "And so Stevie throws out, you don't have a cat." And this is it ends weird. And I, I just have a guess what they're trying to get at. But, but like Sam, like he jumps back and is like this cat. Then he says, "My cat." Then there's a wolf howl, and then the scene fades into the next one, and the only. Thing I can guess is what they were trying to get at is like the cat wasn't Joshua's cat but the cat was actually Sam Beckett's cat when he was a kid and somehow that cat has made its way into this leap knowing the, 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 the dream quality of the episode it's yeah. great I mean, I mean just, the fact that he, <laughs> just the fact that he says like this cat and then with a sense of mystery my cat yeah. So I took that to mean this cat, my cat, as him trying to cover and being like, oh shit, I'm I'm Joshua. Uh, it's Joshua's cat. That's how I took that. Oh, okay. that's actually how I took it too. I like I like where you're going with this. Does Sam have a cat? We, uh, <laughs> I mean, he lived on a farm. He grew up on a farm. Sure. So, you know, so you, you gotta think he probably And the goat cat. came and from goes. I don't know. Yeah. We should mention, by the way, that, that, that a goat being like related to, to Satan in, you yeah. know, is, mm-hmm. is, 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 a, is a popular kind of theory. Like, sure. You know, Baphomet, like being like the, uh-huh. you know, satanic creature with the goat horns, and that there was apparently that uh, in ancient times the fact that the goat could basically mimic a human scream, like that's what people thought anyway. That that it was the devil at work, um, you know, through a goat. And goats are stubborn, sheep are nice, they'll be followed. They're like the lamb of God, etc. But goats are stubborn and nasty creatures and they'll kick and spit on you and so they represent the devil so they're just a manifestation of the devil yeah goats (laughs) (laughs) fucking goats man goats oh I used to have a running gag with a buddy of mine about Polly Shore and a goat (laughs) 
<laughs> no further context is needed. No, no yeah. you for that. it writes Thank itself. You. Yeah. <laughs> right? Were, were, were you guys fans of Adam Sandler's comedy CDs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dan and Judy's kid was uh, on constant rotation yeah, back in 1987, yeah. I believe. Uh, <laughs> go, go look that one up, kids. So anyway, so he gets back to the house, so we have the scene of him back in his office, just like 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 pacing in his office. Um, well, didn't... Uh, oh, no, wait. The kid didn't tell him that uh, that Masters was going back, or the cop, the sheriff was going back. No, yeah, no. So, so, right. yeah. so, so, so in the scene, like, he's reading a book, and that's where he, like, in the book, like, he, he sees, like, the, the 666 symbol, um, you know, significant to 966, which we just saw. That's when Al shows up. Yep. Then the dance with the devil are about to get scorched. Um, and, and basically, like, the, like, the crux of the scene is where Sam narrows it down. It's like, it has to be the sheriff. It can't be anyone else. And I was like, well, if it's the sheriff, keep the sheriff away from Mary. Sam calls the hospital. Mary's been discharged. The sheriff is there to pick her up. No, don't let him leave. I'm on my way. Josh, Joshua Ray. He runs off. Um, it's important to mention here that this is when Al actually has the line, literally where Devil Al has the line to Sam about how maybe it's not the sheriff, maybe it's the boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yes, this is a yeah. Maybe it's the boogeyman. Um, and then as the scene ends, this becomes an important plot point here in a moment. Al just says, "Gushy," who is Ziggy's head programmer, by the way. Uh, Gushy, center me on Mary now. He blinks out. There's no sound effect. He doesn't use the hand link. He just says it. Boom. He disappears. I completely was like, yeah. That's a normal thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I thought first off, I thought Gushy was like a like a like a catchphrase, like a zoinks, like a that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was like, sure, everything that, is, is according to plan right now. That is awesome. And then that he could just awesome. he could just pop in and out of places. Yeah. So the idea is, is like I said, he's, so he's tied to Sam's brainwaves, but at the same time, when he is in, you know, wherever Sam is, whenever Sam is, he can pretty much go wherever. Like, he's not anchored to Sam as in, like, oh, he's got to be within, you know, sight distance of Sam mm-hmm. or whatever Sam is seen or whatever. It's He's basically in that same time as Sam, so he can kind of move around even where Sam is not, uh, which is, comes in handy sometimes, obviously. And yeah. you're uh, keeping eyes on Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Al likes to keep eyes on women. Ooh. Yeah. Ugh. He tries to follow him to the bathroom, to dressing rooms. Hey, he does it. Yeah, yeah, he does it. Yeah, yeah we broke it down in the episode. Yeah. Uh, so right. Sam is driving back to the hospital, but he sees the sheriff's truck ran off the side of the road uh, where we where we last saw the truck veering off. Wait, he? I thought he wrecked. So I didn't. This is the thing I didn't understand in the episode. After he veers off from the goat, he crashes that car. Yeah. How does he then get from? Cars crashed. How does he get car from there back to back to home or whatever? Josh's, back to then from Josh's house to the hospital. Okay, so my guess is at this point, as like the dream is breaking down, it just it, it gets really jumpy and fragmented. I'm just like, oh, I wrecked my car. Now I'm back home. Okay, you know, it's like it, yeah. it, everything just starts to become disjointed. Very, very dreamlike. Where yeah. things just yeah. Okay, no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very true. Uh, so yeah, so the the sheriff's truck is run off. Obviously, there's there's something that's been hurled through the through the windshield. Uh, windshield is shattered. The sheriff is dead. Uh, Sam tries to get into the driver's side, can't get in. Comes into the passenger side, and this is where like everything <laughs> becomes totally unhinged, over the top. No. no! 
loved it. Yeah. I loved it. That was yeah. my favorite moment of the whole episode. Yeah. yeah. And again, though, I you know to go going back to how great Scott Bakula is, though he sells it. Like it's like it seems like he's. Yeah, truly pissed off about all this. Like it's just like, yeah, I've let three people die. Like yeah. he's, he's affected by it. Yeah, and 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 that feels like Sam. Which again, there are certain parts of this episode where you're just sort of like scratching your head, like what the fuck. But at least one of them is not. That's not what Sam would do. And we have had episodes where you're kind of like, that's not Sam. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I tend to kind of put the episodes into two distinct categories, and luckily more fall into this one, which is Sam happens to an episode. Sometimes an episode happens to Sam. And when that happens, I'm just sort of like, what the fuck? Like, why do I give a shit about this? If you ever really want to watch a bad episode, check out Americanization of Machico. Why would Sam? I do this? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Why would you do Why that? Why would I do uh, that? <laughs> you've, already, you've already experienced this. So. your top three episodes, you're like, no, here's a garbage one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we go to commercial break. We come back. Guess who's in front of the truck? The goat. Yeah, that's right. The goat makes <laughs> an Fucking appearance. Fucking goat. Yeah. So, uh, so he runs out. The goat disappears. Uh, and then we are back home, and now the sheriff's truck is in front of the house. Tonight there were no treats, there were no tricks, there was only death. So yeah, he, he shoes Stevie off, sends him home, uh, gets inside, Mary comes out, Sam breaks the news that, that Ben is dead, and she's like, no, it's not, it's in the kitchen. And then Mary this is where... Everything in my life had to stop, and I like stopped taking notes for a minute because I was like, none of this shit that's about to happen made sense to me as to why it was happening. Because at first, then he turns into so he goes from I was like sheriff's dead, and then it's like oh he turns from the sheriff into Al, right? And then I was like, okay, is this so he's taking the form of Al? Is this a rival arch nemesis? Because he's like, oh, you've been, I've been following you, and you've been fixing all the things I wrongs, and I'm gonna fix your wrongs. I don't know, but it was so. I was like, the fuck is happening in this world? Because then real Al shows up. Yep. Yeah. And he's not wearing a Steve Harvey suit. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. But he's wearing a very shiny tie. It's, yeah. He's wearing. He's actually wearing the green shirt from Another Mother. The ugly green yeah. shirt. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. 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 We yeah. should we should give a quick shout out. Like Jean Paul Darliac actually I really enjoyed the way that he costumed Devil Al. Yeah. I think that it is a nice little tip off because it's like it, it's not something that Al would normally wear. The Steve Harvey suit as Kevin described it. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I think that there's It's so close l- enough that it's not jarring. I'll give you that, but it's not something Al would wear. I don't think it is. I, I just don't think it's something Al would wear. I feel like it, it is somewhat similar Maybe to a suit that he wore in a previous episode. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so in this discussion, uh, you get Dean Stockwell acting creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Which he did a nice job of. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, hey, and, our two regulars, I mean, they're, yeah. always, they're always solid. Yeah. Like, I've never, there's never an episode where I'm just like, what the fuck is Dean Stockwell doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, there's never that. I mean, they're, uh, yeah, they're always. Yeah, always so, so he kind of rubs it in, and, uh, you know, so like I said, like the fun part, it seemed like, uh, you know, there seemed like there was a pattern, but there wasn't. I just, I, I loved messing with you. And this one, Al, like, or Sam throws out, like, no, it does make sense, because you never walk through anything in this league, because we never seen the hologram effect. Yeah. You didn't use the imaging chamber door, which is the, the white chamber of light that we see real Al come through. Got it. Um, 
And like when you left Mary's, uh, when, when we left to go get Mary, like you left without you losing your hand like the Ziggy, but most importantly, you were the only other one around. The things he throws out are kind of sketchy because the thing is, usually you do have at least one hologram effect in every episode, not necessarily where Sam sees it. Right. Us, the viewer, may see it, but you, Sam doesn't always necessarily yeah. see it, so that's not weird. Uh, what was the other one? Um, the imaging chamber I mean, door. There, there are some episodes where, where you never see the imaging chamber door. Because that was not something that was consistent early on yeah. in, the, in the show. Yeah. And it's something that became consistent, but it was not... Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times, like, I would just appear, or sometimes there would be, like, a boo, like, popping in effect. You would hear the sound. Yeah, you yeah. usually hear the sound. But uh, And then... Um, and then, like the, the the last tidbit of like when when you left to go see Mary, like you you didn't like use your hand like the Ziggy. That's another thing they were really inconsistent on. Like for them to like for him to throw that out as a as a as a, as a tell, whatever. One of the bigger tells is that the entire episode, the hand link isn't blinking. Yeah, that's right. When he punches it, it's just click 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 click. Uh, there's not the boop, 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 right. that you usually get. That's the bigger tell for, for fans. I had no idea about the boop, 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 boop. Yeah, no exactly. In your first episode, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so, uh, you know, in this world, you know, uh, I think Mary, at this point, it's Mary can definitely see Devil Al. When real Al shows up, she cannot see real Al. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so I think she shouts out, like, who are you? And this is like, yin and yang, good and bad. He's the devil. Yeah. And he's there to, you know... He's there to... to punish Sam for all the, the wrong that he has Yeah, faced. who gave you the right? To go bungling around in time, yeah. putting right what I made wrong. Yeah. So, people actually believe that that's... That what happens in the series is that the devil exists, and he pops into this episode. Some people believe it's true. So, the funny thing about that is that... From pretty much the beginning of the series, when trying to figure out why the hell Sam is going through all of this, they start to posit, mostly at the second season, it's not really in the first season that much, no, a couple of times I guess it gets mentioned, uh, that God, time, fate, or whoever is responsible for leaping him around through time. There are some episodes that steer a little harder into the God thing. We are given fairly early on assurances that Sam does not actually believe that. Sam doesn't believe in an afterlife. He doesn't believe in the devil. Like, he's said, the, like he's actually said those lines in the context of the show. So, we've had some discussions before about where Sam falls on the, you know, religious spectrum, if you will. Um, it's interesting to me to think that in this episode, Sam just looks at, you know, because because Al, Devil Al doesn't actually say he's the devil. He actually just says, you know, God or, and then Sam is the one that says, you're the devil. The devil, and then Al says, in the flesh. Right. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, I tend to think the episode's probably just in Sam's head, so it doesn't really fucking matter. Sure. Um... But yes, the answer, the short answer to your question is yes. Yeah. In the context of the show, those concepts exist as reality. Okay. Do you believe 
Whoa, that it's all in his head. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm just uh, kidding. Do you believe? <laughs> There's a pamphlet here to help you. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you want to believe. Uh, but Dennis, do you believe that it's all in his head, or that this is actual tangle with the tango with the devil? I think it's more interesting if it's an actual tangle with the devil. Oh, sure, but which one do you think is the actual point I, of the I, I, I'm going to say it's more all in his head, because we never come back to this story. And see, that's where I think you're right and wrong. Because the red lights look a hell of a lot like the Evil Leaper stuff. It does. And yeah. so I can't help but wonder if... This was an early seed of that idea. Right. Whether intentional or not. It was completely unintentional. They didn't know. They, they, yeah. It's not like today's television where, you know, where they start yeah, out with point A yeah. and they know where they're going for episode 60. Like, it's not that. <laughs> but... Um, it's more like Lost, where they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Actually, I really like Lost. But yeah, uh, but but I, I think that for fan wank purposes, there's enough to say that this is possible, uh, possibly rather an, an evil leaper or a manifestation of the evil leaper of Lothos. You know, trying to get Sam off track, mm-hmm. and I think there's again in the in the whole spinning thing, the fight between the two of them, the wall breaking open, the sort of bluish white light mm-hmm. that Sam manifests when he leaps, shining through the walls. Yeah, the idea that perhaps you know Sam is you know his leaping energy, if you will, is able to outdo the evil Red Leaper energy yeah. and put him back where he was when he fell down the stairs in order to save Tully and leap out. I don't know, dude. I'm really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just—I don't know. To me, it was very much a straightforward like, oh, he fell, hit his head, and then the next forty minutes didn't really happen. Because does sure. it? Because Al pops out, like, we lost you for three minutes there, which is probably enough time for someone to be out that they would be dead. Uh, <laughs> like he would be brain dead, right? I mean, I remember they said we completely lost you. I just took it as, as him being unconscious. Okay, not like we right, lost right, you. Right, 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 right. Yeah, this is this is probably one of the first times we ever see Sam unconscious, right? Um, that's a great question, huh? Because I know what happens in later episodes. Yeah. But I think yeah, this is the first time like Sam. Right, because he doesn't get knocked unconscious in Sea Bride. They just no. take him hostage and hang him up on the. The thing, the hook, yeah. yeah. All right, well, uh, yeah. but anyway, so so yeah, we have the battle. We have like basically they are just throwing the kitchen sink at us at this point. Yeah, uh, piano playing, stuff jutting through the walls, things flying off the walls, skulls shaking, uh, the rotating cast that Sam is choking as they're going around. We get Tully, we get Dorothy, we get the sheriff, we get Mary. My favorite, my favorite moment. He's choking the goat. That's right. <laughs> Which That's is, not uh, a metaphor, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a different kind of show. Uh, he is, he is choking is. the goat, uh, and then we get and, and we and say we, it one more time. Choking the goat. Uh, uh, actually, uh, I think maybe we should make that our episode title, since we know fans would freak out if we actually posted the episode there title you go. for this one on, on our podcast mm-hmm. list. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we named this episode. So, <laughs> yes. um, and then just shots of, of creepy Al. By the way, I know you've seen it. Have you seen uh, Blue Velvet? Starring uh, uh, Dennis Hopper and uh, Kyle, what's his name? McLaughlin. McLaughlin, yeah. Uh, Dean Stockwell is in one scene in that movie. Uh, j- just look up Dean Stockwell, Blue Velvet, and just watch that one scene. He has this really uh, creepy scene where he lip syncs to Roy Orbison's In Dreams. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just really bizarre. 
If you want to see another example of Dean Stockwell being creepy. Um, well, yeah, or Dennis Hopper being creepy. Or, De- or I mean, yeah, 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 pretty much everyone. Everyone in that, movie in that movie is creepy. Is creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Thank you, David Lynch. <laughs> yes, uh, and I suggested showing that scene to Betsy last night as we were watching this scene right here. But she had a boyfriend who, for years, like she just or he kept like trying to get her to watch Blue Velvet to like an obsession because he's like he's a he's a cinematographer like he's a like really into filmmaking so he really loves that film. And it just, it got to the point where he bugged her so much about it, like just as a matter of principle, she does not want to watch that movie sure. ever Fair. with anybody, anybody. She doesn't want to watch a scene from that movie with anybody just because that guy just beat a dead horse trying to get her sure. to watch the movie. Anyway, uh, so Sam wakes up. It was all a dream. Uh, we, 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 we do get the one hologram effect we do see like Sam putting his hand through, yeah, through Al right. to show that yeah to show that, that really this is, is Al this is, yeah. this is real Al so Al starts reading off you're here to save the life of blah 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 Sam shoots up the stairs saves Tully just in time before taking a tumble um, weird uh, uh, oddball goof moment as they are pulling Tully in and the curtain sways the, the curtain does momentarily hit Dean Stockwell <laughs> Uh, little tiny goof. We should mention, by the way, uh, you know, when Sam and, and Devil Al touch, this is literally the only time in the entire series where Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, Stockwell touch one another. touch each other, yeah, yeah. because of the, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one episode... On purpose, anyway. Yes, yeah. There's some, <laughs> there's some accidental glances. Yeah, glances never right, yeah. Uh, the one episode of Enterprise that Dean Stockwell guest starred in, Dean Stockwell ended up being like the bad guy of the week, and there is one... There's just one moment towards the end of the episode where uh, Captain Archer, Scott Bakula's character, does grab Dean Stockwell and pins him up against the wall, and then something happens, and then and then, and then they break away. But I always wondered if they intentionally did that in the episode as, as kind of a little, right, right, as kind of a little hat tip to fans. Yeah, uh, there is a moment earlier in that episode where uh, Dean Stockwell's character is questioning Captain Archer and he's holding up like a little like tricorder type thing and looks at it and goes have you ever been to a place in Oklahoma? <laughs> and it's just the way he's holding the thing it's like ah oh, that was a little yeah that, yeah, was, yeah that was a little wink yeah nice yeah nice anyway Still better than Voyager. Um. Oh, man. Uh, so Sam saves Tully's life, and then we get like a lot of repeat of the same dialogue from within the dream. Oh, look at the time. i got to scram. i got to go peel the grapes for the bowl of eyeballs. Steve is leaving. They get out the front door. Uh, uh, you know, Mary says, what else did I do while you were asleep? And then he throws out... Talks about Christine. Yeah. And then as this dumb little stupid stand-in for Stephen King scampers to the car. <laughs> yeah. He's like, whoa, my car. And then there's a dog in the back seat. Yeah. Hi, it's Mrs. King. Hi, Mom. Yeah. Cujo. And then it's like, that, that guy's Stephen King? And I gave him all of his own ideas. That's where, if I were Stephen King, I'd be like, I said use my name, not say that someone else came up with all this creative shit that, like... I pilfered from other areas. Okay, okay, okay. All right, I'm going to tell you. Do you do you enjoy the movie Back to the Future? <laughs> you know, as a fact, I do. You know that. Okay. The thing is, that movie proffers the idea that Marty McFly came up with the idea of Johnny B. Good. 
And if you want further uh, impact on that, I recommend John Mulaney's bit about it in the Comeback Kid. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Where he aggressively launches into why Back to the Future is not such a great movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Including the moment where Johnny B. Good has been created by a white man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm just saying, that that moment is not too far removed from this moment. The Here's the, here's the problem, though. And here's the thing, no, no, no. no I, here's, the thing that I, here's the issue that I would have with anybody suggesting that there's an issue with Back to the Future because a white dude creates Johnny B. Good is that because it's paradoxical by nature because... Marty McFly would not be able to play Johnny B. Good had he not been able to learn Johnny B. Good from Chuck Berry in the first place. So it's one of those things where it's like, you're thinking way too fucking hard if you want to take issue with Back to the Future and with Marty McFly playing Johnny B. Good. And, and, and the suggestion, because it, it, again, he wouldn't know that the song existed if it hadn't been for Chuck Berry. But in the time loop he then creates... Marvin Berry. Marvin. <laughs> to Marvin. Marvin Berry, yeah. your cousin. Uh, Marvin. Marvin Berry. <laughs> gives him. Get, then Chuck Berry hears the song and then creates Johnny B. Good, which then in 1985, in this alternate 1985, is what Marty McFly would hear, which is what he needs to know so we can go back tonight. You know what? That's a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> different podcast. And the thing is, like, I, I watching this episode, I never took it to mean that if it wasn't for this leap, Stephen King would never get the ideas. For the story. Well, I did because he walked out. I guess it's technically in in Sam's head where he walked out and he's like, "One day I want to write it, the scariest book yeah, ever." Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also like all that's of the, in his head. Yeah, so. all of the mentions of Christine were in his head. Well, but I feel like it was one of those things when he came to, and it's like that Dorothy moment of like, yes, and you yes, were there, exactly. and you were there. He's yeah. like, hey, here's the weird things that you did, Mary. You had a terrible Boston accent. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's wow. Like, and Stevie, here's, you, you were there, there's yeah. this weird car that came to life, and all these other weird things happened, the devil was there, and then that's like, oh, then he writes needful things, or the stand, and all yeah. that bullshit. So two things that may or may not put your mind at ease. They might not. I don't better know. hope. One, the whole knives thing, you know, flying through the air or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, is clearly a reference to Carrie. That only happened in the film version of Carrie, though, not the novel. Ooh. Okay. The other thing is, is, at this point in time, Mrs. King would not be Mrs. King at all. She would actually be Ms. Pillsbury, because Stephen King's dad, when he was like two years old, said, I'm going out for a pack of cigarettes, and he never came back. And so... Mrs. King decided to not be Mrs. King a little while after that. So by this time, she would have been Ms. Sure. Pillsbury. It doesn't. Put <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It still yeah, gets me. That's, that's fair. Two that's things fair. that I really dislike as story elements, both were featured prominently in this episode of TV, of a Jacob's Ladder and being like, well, here's a historical figure we all know, and... I'm the reason why he is that way. I, I, I would say this is... Uh, aside from like the, the, the last season, they got desperate for ratings, and so they started throwing everything at the wall. Because the whole idea of, of the Don Bellicero, the creator of the show, like he didn't want it to interact too much with historical figures because he didn't want that to be what the show was about. Mm-hmm. But then the last season, they got desperate, and they had a Lee Harvey Oswald episode. They had an entire episode where he leaped into Dr. Ruth. Uh, he leaped into Elvis... Uh, he leaped into Marilyn Monroe's bodyguard in her final days. Uh, like I said, they, they were they were just doing everything they could to try to stay on the air at that point. But up until this point, this was and Lee the, Harvey Oswald. Did yeah, you mention Lee yes. Harvey Oswald? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> but up until this point, aside from uh, Buddy in how the test was won, 
He was in that episode, but he wasn't in a lot of the episode. Like he he showed up he showed up just enough to make the bit at the end of the episode. Yeah, work. yeah. Uh, this was like the most time they had spent with someone. Where they integrated the character. Yeah, the where it turns out because Michael they, Jackson he runs into like a young Michael Jackson in the bathroom and like shows. All right, him, this is <laughs> a creepy story. <laughs> and basically shows him like the moonwalk, and then uh, with Stallone he runs into him briefly in a boxing gym. And is like you know yeah because he's like I gotta go to the meet and uh, that's where I work at the butchers and that's Sam's like, like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Sam is like uh, yeah I saw this movie once where this guy used to practice pounded on the meat and he's like oh okay great maybe I'll try that and he leaves yeah so or there, yeah, yeah. There, there's an episode there's another episode this was like one of the most tangential things like he's talking and it has to do with the main plot of the episode oh, God, and, then, and then over here someone help someone help he's choking and Sam not even thinking he just puts this thing down he walks over. Get, you know, gives the guy the maneuver, and as they're walking away, the guy goes, "Oh, thank you so much, thank you. Are you okay, Doctor Heimlich?" <laughs> Kevin does not like these. Things. <laughs> no. no, I ain't buying uh, what you're saying. Or, or, uh, and this is one they actually uh, they they revisited on an episode of Colbert, and they had Scott Bakula oh, come on God. and do a bit. Uh, I thought we were gonna. I, th- I thought I was gonna go one day without having to really think too hard about it. Oh, sorry about that. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, so, so there, there is an episode where Sam leaps into a 1950s New York cab driver, and he's got this this father and little kid in the back, and Sam starts telling this little kid about how real estate in New York is going to be really big, and so Sam drops him off at their destination. Somebody outside the cab opens the car. And uh, and the father says, "Come on, Donald." And then someone outside the car goes, "Mr. Trump." Yeah. And so so they, so, they this, so they did this whole sketch on the Colbert show where they brought Scott Bakula on to play Sam because and, Colbert and, at one point basically blames him. Keep in mind, keep in mind, this was before the election, and we thought that things were going to go a very different way. So the entire point of the sketch was stop Donald Trump as a kid before he becomes president. Yeah. Just tell him it's a hard job and you have to read. <laughs> I think they did something pretty close to that, actually. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway. Why have you been seeing? She's been missing for like 24 Three days. Weeks, Three weeks. Like, she's good. tweeting oh. with like eerily similar word choices to her husband. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so Sam leaps... He does. Yeah. He's on a bus. Yeah. And everything seems completely normal. Fine. All of a sudden, this woman comes up to the window and starts talking to him. Uh, we're still kind of, you know, in a normal situation. And all of a sudden, she walks up to the front of the bus. And as she does so, we get like a ground up sort of shot of a poodle skirt. And as we keep going up, we realize that Sam is the one in the poodle skirt. Mm-hmm. He is indeed a woman again. He does not seem too happy about it, much yeah. as an MIA when he mistook. The fact that he might be a woman because he was actually in drag because he was a police officer, like on a stakeout. Like stake yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, he doesn't seem too happy about it, but he, you know, goes along with it, gets the earrings, gets the sash, because he tiara. is is a beauty queen, Miss Sugarbell, Miss Sugarbell. Yeah. And at this point, at the 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 look of chagrin that Sam on his face, this is when Betsy said, and I'm quoting her here. Yeah, everyone hates being a woman. Get over it. Sorry you have to do it for a day or two. It's <laughs> <That's> fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Poor Sam. Um, such a such a great, like, having watched an episode of Quantum Leap now as a person that can think. It's such a great way to get me to go, what the hell is he going to get into next? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a really smart 
cliffhanging device that they built into every single episode. Sure, absolutely. Having said that, I don't know if I'm like on the edge of my seat to be like, all right, you're on a bus in a poodle skirt. What's going to happen now? Yeah. It, you know, it's funny because I do feel like the leaps that we have had since Leap Home Part 2 have been fairly weak leap-ins. He's a priest at a wedding. He's a photographer at a photo shoot. He's within five feet of a lion when he leaps into that photographer. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) He's in a robe, you know, reading a spooky book. And now he's a woman in a poodle skirt on a bus. Like, Kevin's got a point. Like, none of those are, like, hooks. When, When you think about what we've had prior to that, he leaps into Vietnam during the middle of a gunfight. He leaps into his own hometown as himself. He leaps into a police officer on a stakeout getting ready to have a gunfight. You know what I mean? Like, think about some of these other leaps that he's had recently. Like, these are pretty damn tame. Yeah. But I feel like this one's leading you into, like, comical now. Yes, and the next episode is definitely more in the comedy territory. Uh... It starts off... I'm going to be interested to visit that episode because I haven't watched it in years, and it's it's kind of a message episode, and it had a good message. I'm going to be interested to go back and rewatch it and see how much of it holds up and how much of it is a little problematic. Well, you know. And then two episodes from now, that's, that's going to be a difficult one. Because two episodes from now is one of the darkest episodes of the series... And he leaps into the middle of the watch riots. Yeah, I would. I. I mean, honestly, like. Thanks for not inviting me for that one. <laughs> like, like honestly, like, like looking back, and I, I have not watched it probably in about fifteen years. But looking back, I can remember feeling pretty strongly about this episode in a good way. Misty South. No, uh, black and white, white on and, fire. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I don't really care about Miss Deep South. If I'm going to be honest with you, but okay, uh, I could change my mind. It's been, it's probably been longer since I've seen Miss Deep South. Sure. In fact, I know for a fact the last time I saw Miss Deep South, Quantum Leap was airing on USA Network. Wow. And it's probably been almost 20 one. years since it aired on the USA Network. Okay. God. That's going to be interesting because it aired on Sci-Fi after the for USA because they're time. owned by NBC but Universal. Thing, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it aired on USA pretty much throughout all the 90s. Sure. And then it started airing on sci-fi through the early 2000s. Yeah. And now it doesn't air anywhere. No, actually, I think it airs on the El Rey network, which is a more, uh... Are you fucking curious? No, I'm pretty sure. What? <laughs> that El Rey? The I've... same network that oh, that Robert Rodriguez owns a stadium? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, because actually... That produces we, Lucha Underground, the wrestling show? No, no, no. no yeah, I, I'm pretty sure because... Just because of, like, following... Was it from social- Dusk Till Dawn also on the yeah. TV show? Uh, follow, following uh, wow. different, like, Quantum Leap-associated uh, Twitter accounts, I, I, I think I've discovered that, yeah, they do regularly run reruns of, of Quantum Leap wow. on, that, on that network. You have blown my mind today. Yeah. Man, I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain. I'll go, I'll go look that up. Well, you should look it up right now. And while Later you look on. it up right now, uh, we are going to have a, a quick bit of conversation here uh, before we get to our wrap up. Kevin, is there anything that you want to plug, say, tell people about yourself? Because we've not really delved into who is Kevin Lambert, the man, uh, the myth, yeah. the legend, who well, once wore a kilt and a strap-on dildo. <laughs> thought we would make it. Without the recording. We did do that together, so we're... <laughs> yeah, it's true. We both had to do it. It was for arms. a show that we were in. We were in a production of Lysistrata. That's how we met. 
many moons ago, and as a part of the show, we had to do this. So I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. If you're I, still listening, <laughs> I was not going to provide any context and just uh, like, like we're just two men uh, killed uh, with dildos on. Um, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, so I'm a, a performer around town. That's how I met Dennis and how I met you a decade ago in, in Indianapolis. Um, I'm a part of this group called Redacted, where we do yeah. live readings of films. So we're at the Music Box Lounge if you're in Chicago. Our next one's coming up on June 19th. We're doing a reading of Rocky Four. That's awesome. Because we want to put some hope in people that maybe the Cold War can end. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we come out. Uh, it's, it's pay what you can, but we just will read the script. We have a, a great writer, Josh Harris. I, I don't know why I'm plugging names of people that I have no idea if they're I, affiliated. Yeah, but sure. uh, So he'll basically come in and he'll do kind of narration and stage directions and provide commentary and a little bit of uh, color it a little bit as well. So it's less a, a straightforward reading of the script and more Josh's take on what Rocky IV meant to him as a child, means to him now, uh, or means in this uh, world we live in now. Because if I can change, he could change. Yes. We could all change. I think yeah. I paraphrased the shit out of that. Uh, that's but right. It's close enough. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do that. That's Doesn't uh, he say use guys? Doesn't he actually say? I think Stallone <laughs> says use guys. I think he literally says, if use guys can change, <laughs> and I could change, maybe we could all could change. General Soviets. Uh, yeah, so that's the next big thing coming up for me. Nice. Uh, oh, I'm on Twitter as well, but I haven't tweeted anything for a while because sometimes I find it hard to be funny in the world we live in. So, and then I just burped. <laughs> Which is even my yeah, says a lot about the world yeah, we live in. Yeah. <laughs> Send us your thing. We'll, we'll tag you when we, when we do this post. Yeah. Uh, anyway, too. So when are you going to do the redacted script of the Boogeyman? The Boogeyman. <laughs> Luckily, we only do movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't touch the. Genius what about a movie-length episode of Quantum Leap? If there was <laughs> that a would be for TV movie, the pitch could be made, and I would get behind it. Uh, probably like the like the the the, the season three two parter would probably be the closest thing. Actually, they did air it as a TV movie at one point. They did. No, Lee Harvey Oswald would be the closest thing because that was literally aired as a two hour. Yeah, as a two hour thing yeah. originally. Yeah. yeah, and so was the pilot Genesis. It's the, the only that, time they ever they ever did that. Yeah, that that is that is yeah. true. Or, or no 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 no. Actually, uh, the the wrap up of the Evil Leaper story. Uh, the second two episodes, they they aired in one night. No, not not originally. Originally, yeah. no. I would. I don't believe that. I would bet. We'll, we'll look it up later fine, after we hit fine, record. Fine, <laughs> fine, fine, I, will, I will bet money they they yeah. actually they actually aired that as a two part. Maybe as, they did. As, as in a one night two part episode. Huh. Now you're curious about the evil leapers. Go look it up. Yeah. Not I to be confused like with saying, the evil lepers. I feel like you're saying evil lemurs, and now I can't. Get over the fact that there could be like a mischievous lemur that's that, following that, that, that's, that's what would have been the sixth season if there were a sixth oh, season. Oh dear God, we need to leap out of here. But before we do, let's get some final thoughts here. So the first big question that I want to ask, we've kind of touched on this already, is did this episode really happen or was it all in Sam's head? Go. All in Sam's head. I'm going to say all in Sam's head. I was going to say that too, but now I've decided because of the evil leaper thing that I want to go with it really happened, and my fan wink is that evil Al, devil Al, is actually Lothos, who's fucking with Sam, and that it was the attempt for the evil leapers to get Sam off track, slash kill Sam, and it didn't work out, and because of time travel energy bullshit or whatever, he ended up back at the same point that he was when he knocked out, and that's how it happened. Given the way the first evil leaper episode ends... That is very true. 
Because because the the first episode it, it, it very much ends with like Sam leaping back to yeah. a day before he leaped in. Yeah. I'm gonna stick with Innis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, all right. so now further than that is final thoughts about the episode. My final thoughts? <laughs> yes, especially yours, because it's your first I mean, time you've like, ever seen Quantum Leap. Screw you guys for being like, <laughs> hey, watch Quantum Leap. Yeah, alright, that sounds like fun, and then you give me this like bizarre piece of homework. I don't, I, to me, if I, I, uh, I'll put sentences together in a second. I, <laughs> I would not want to watch more of this show. Because of this episode, I felt such a betrayal as a viewer that it was all in his, in his head, which I'm maintaining. Because even as you have said, the evil lemurs that doesn't happen <laughs> until the next season. Yeah, yeah. So that's not even a glimmer on the radar yet, or a glimpse on the on the on the brain. So I would uh, I would say no. This was kind of a frustrating episode as a, as a viewer to watch. Would you, if we if we put our heads together and came up with an all-time classic episode, would you watch it again and come back? Oh, yeah. Well, hanging out with you guys <laughs> was like a ton of fun. So, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> I, I was, I was going to ask you, Sam, like, what standalone episode would you give him as a redemption oh. of this episode? Damn. Don't say the next one. I mean, no, <laughs> no, no, no. It, going forward, that's sure. difficult for me, actually, because... Um, God, just trying to like put them all in order in my brain. Sure. Um, going back would be easy. I could sure. come up with like you know four or five. But going forward, going forward, where are we? Uh, you know, I might actually. Oddly enough, I might suggest Shock Theater. Um, That's an other episode because that, that popped into my mind too. It's a great episode, but it's also an episode unlike any other episode. But I feel like there are things that happen within the context of the episode that I think, Kevin, this is the assumption on my part, that you would appreciate. Just especially when it comes to Sam's performance. Sam, Scott's performance. Yeah. Scott Bakula's performance. He was nominated for an Emmy for that yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What, what would you think? Uh, like a regular standalone episode. I don't know. If you were going back, that would really be easy. Going forward, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. It's tough, right? It's tough because it's like again, easy. Going back, you can kind of easily see some episodes in your head, but going forward, it gets a little bit more difficult. Um, Let's see, what, what do we have coming up here in season three? That's right, that's right, listeners. We're taking some time out here to just see if we can educate that <laughs> real quick. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just slipping through um, here. Uh, so Black on White on Fire, I think, is really good, but I don't think that's the right episode either, actually. That, like I said, that's a really, um, uh, yeah. You know, Little Miracle actually is is, is, is not terrible. A little, uh, I, you know what, the episode that I might give him is Future Boy. That's a good one. It is a good one. I think it's a good one. Can I guess Ooh, what that last dance is? before an execution? Can I guess what the plot of Future Boy is? Yeah, go ahead. He leaps back in time, and he has to save Sally Ride's life so that she can go oh, up no! a challenger. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Jesus, you went to a <laughs> you went to a really dark place. No. <laughs> You know, uh, Last Dance Before an Execution, that... Yeah. (laughs) 
Same plot line. It's the same plot it line. Is the same plot line, right? Same Sally Ride's life. Uh, <laughs> oh Jesus! All right. Uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah. So, final thoughts for you, Dennis. I, you know, it, th- th- I I still love this episode. It holds up for me, like even uh, acknowledging like your points, especially your points, Kevin. Like being like uh, a complete newbie watching it with fresh eyes. Like this is this is one. Uh, we talked about like with the leap home part one and part two. Gun to my head, could I recite the entire episode word for word? Yeah, I could. Yeah, uh, yeah. I still enjoy this episode. You know, it's interesting because, and this has happened to us before, and I love being able to comment on it. But having somebody who's never seen the episode before and never seen Quantum Leap before see it and kind of be like, "This is fucked up," <laughs> and then having you on the opposite end of the spectrum being like, "I love this episode. This episode is great," and me kind of usually being the cynic out of the two of us and a little bit, you know, higher expectations and you know prefer to be a little snobbish and bougie about my ideas sometimes about art or whatever. Uh, I I do think I am right in the middle because there is a part of me that can see some of the redeeming qualities of the episode, especially when it comes to Scott Bakula's performance and Dean Stockwell's performance. And then there's the other side of me that sees like an episode that doesn't seem to quite be real, which might be part of the point. So, you know, maybe I'm just missing the point. I don't know. But overall, I, I, yeah, I kind of, I'm I'm sort of in the middle. I'm like, ah, it's, it's an interesting diversion for Quantum Leap. It doesn't necessarily feel like it's not an episode that I'm going to put on my top 10 list. It's not sure. an episode that I'm going to put on like my, you know, my special 30th anniversary DVD box set with the top 20 episodes of Quantum Leap. It's sure. not, you know, it's not that. Here, it's here's not. my metric. Is it better than Portrait for Troyan? Yeah. Is it better than Americanization of Machiko? Every episode is better than Americanization of Machiko. <laughs> <laughs> my job is done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Have it. So All please right. forgive us for, for dropping the B word. Uh, so many times during this episode. We did. And we went a lot longer than I thought we would. (laughs) We did, yeah. Uh, Which is fun because hopefully you haven't minded all of our tangents. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Boogeyman. Yeah, Yeah, come back. Boogeyman. Boogeyman. All right. (laughs) Boogeyman, boogeyman, boogeyman. See you later, We're going to leap out of here. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fates Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time. I want to stay